So what's up? Oh well, I I hear someone saw a movie recently. <laughs> yeah, I um, you know, I saw the new Matrix today, which as of the day of our recording, not to date this or anything, it did come out today, right? Mm-hmm. 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 And I pretty much watched it the second I got up today. I I, I watched it as soon as I could. And I was talking Pop with y'all. Out of bed, turn Matrix on. Yeah, pretty much the the wake and bake, but for going and seeing the new uh, Wachowski Matrix sequel, there was no there was no baking involved on this particular <laughs> you Matrix film. You wanted to see you wanted to see this one stands. stone cold. You wanted to see this one stone cold sober. I needed to well, learn it all. Yes, because when I watched Reloaded for the first time last year, I was pretty well cooked. And I think that particular state of mind led me to not being able to appreciate how methodical that movie is, mm. um, because it's it's much uh, slower paced than the original, and it's much headier in terms of its philosophical themes. But the the roundabout conversation I was getting to was that I loved it. I thought it was incredible, like just a, a truly fantastic movie. But I think that what I was saying is that I think that if you are not accustomed to the way that the Matrix sequels tell their stories and sort of the charms and major points of affection that people have for those films i said Mm -hmm. that i think watching this new one is going to ball you up and crush you like a grape (laughs) because because it is a movie which uh, much like and i don't want to spoil anything too much because there may be people who still haven't seen it by the time this comes out um but it, it is a movie which, just like the the sequels, like Re- Reloaded and Revolutions, a movie that dives way more into the ideas behind the world of The Matrix, the sort of world building and texture about the world of The Matrix, the, you know, large reverberate, reverberating consequences of Neo... Mm you know, as the chosen one and what that means for, you know, the people around him and sort of his arc as a character and what it means to have all these characters that have a stake in this conflict, right? So Mm -hmm. Reloaded and Revolutions in that sense are a really big departure of tone from the original movie. And I think that's Mm -hmm. why people were so weird about them when they first came out because they are very much movies that are constantly actively pushing against audience expectations for what one of these movies is going to be. And the new movie does that exact same thing, but folding it on top of the bucked expectations of Reloaded and Revolutions, right? It's like... like a like a like a like a Japanese swordsman like folding his steel yeah, hun- hundreds of times absolutely, over to, forge, a- absolutely. to forge the world's sharpest katana. Like <laughs> like Resurrections is nothing like what you would expect to be a follow up to Reloaded and Revolutions, but those movies are also not at all what you would expect to be a follow up to the original Matrix, right? Totally. So so as long as you know that going in and you have that context, I do think it is a movie 
that you can enjoy if you just watch it without having seen the other two. Like, you at least need to have seen the first one. This is not a movie that you can go into knowing nothing about The Matrix and still get something out of it. Like, it is right. a, it is a movie which is actively commentating on uh, the, the sort of culture around reboots and unnecessary sequels and what it sort of takes to make a movie in Hollywood in mm. this day and age. Like, it is, it, it's really interesting because it's meta-reflexively commentating on that about itself. Uh, like, Interesting. Like, in this movie, The Matrix is a thing, like, the property The Matrix is a thing that exists. And the what? movie addresses that and it addresses like societal response to the matrix it, it, it metatextually references the response to the sequels and like how this one itself is responding to the sequels as it's responding to the sequels it's very fuck it gives yeah, you I mean... it gives you a lot to chew on it is it is completely unlike any other blockbuster movie like since the matrix sequels like like they are just still coming out here and just fucking banging it with these movies and like how these these are not like you know empty blockbusters that you just go and you cheer at neo doing karate kicks like these are movies that want you to think about their broader implications and in that sense i think this one delivers in an absolutely fantastic sense i i loved it are the uh, karate kicks still dope as fuck though yeah yeah all the um <laughs> all the action sequences are pretty good um yeah I think at times it, it almost wants to like deconstruct the idea of a matrix ax action scene, mm. uh, but I don't know if it ever really gets there. It's interesting. The editing style is very different. It's much more chaotic than the mm. fight editing in the prior films, but I think mm -hmm. that's intentional to kind of serve a point about like this more fragmented narrative that they're offering mm. in this movie, but who can mm -hmm. say, who can say? <laughs> Um, the, the reason that I wanted specifically to turn the mics on for this is because you, you mentioned that if, if you do not have the prior experience of how the story of how this of how the previous sequels like told their stories, this one will crush your brain like a grape. And I maybe I, I don't know, maybe we say this for after the intro, but I also kind of wanted to like before we get into the episode proper, I kind of wanted to like dissect a little bit because that's exactly what happened to me when i watched saw 3d for the first time for this podcast <laughs> yeah. before i watched anything else like yeah totally i kind of want to i kind of want to do like a four year late post-mortem about that episode before we uh -huh. get into the before we get into the episode proper here because like i mean i don't i can't i'll be honest i don't remember too much about that episode because it's been like three or four years but i thought about re-listening to it but i was like do i really want to hear myself from that long ago right yeah. like that media. that would have that would have been like your voice pre-testosterone like my voice well, hasn't not changed even in like that, five just years like... how stupid am i you know? <laughs> yeah totally totally god i was i was i was i'm four years smarter now than i was i was doing this podcast when i was 23 what the fuck that's four unlistenable years. radio four years of baked in saw 3d appreciation just uh mm -hmm. just in there percolating i have um i've listened to to a good chunk of y'all's episodes from the past just going through and looking for movies you know i've seen or i want to hear more about but and saw 3d was one of them saw 3d was actually not one of them oh. i i ha i haven't listened to y'all's episode on this i think because i wanted to watch the movies before i listened to it and then mm -hmm. by the time i was watching the movies i i myself was already like holy shit 
these are incredible and I just kind of focused all my interest into um, right. spreading it to other people and I just kind of never got around and then to you, it. For doing your your diabolical nature could not be contained and you've made a and you decided to do Softember to us. Yeah. Um, and now we're doing what I, is this home for the solidays? Yeah, is, home, is, for the, yes, home yes. for the solidays. Happy um, solidays. Happy solidays. <laughs> I think it's really, really funny that of all the movies, of all the big horror movie franchises, like, they all have some level of continuity between them. Like, you know, there is, like, like obviously, like, a bunch of them just have, like, conflicting continuity. Like, you know, all the Halloweens and Final... Or not And um, all the Halloweens, Friday the 13th, etc. Like, they have really yeah. conflicting continuities because things are just going back and retconned. And yeah. Saw does this, but, like... The, the holes that it fills in are holes that I, it does not like, like what it does is like, there is a, there like on two ends of a timeline, there is just a gap. And what they do is they go in and fill that gap without giving you any information about either end of that timeline. Like, tr like t traditionally a, a Halloween, like a Halloween, a, a, God, a Hall I keep saying Halloween, a horror movie retcon involves like, you know, saying, Oh no, it didn't happen like this. Here's how it happened start from a point and keep going because of like the inherently nonlinear no. nature of the storytelling of the Saw franchise. You can't like, they didn't really do that. And like the continuity that carries from movie to movie in this franchise is truly just absolutely stat. Like of all the fucking movie for franchises, like you talk to someone on the street, you ask them like you give them a list of like, I don't know, 10 horror movie franchises. And you ask them what they think is like the five of them most likely to have actual continuity. And like, none of them would say saw like to the, to, yeah. I think to my, to myself, I, I say this cause this was true of myself as like someone who liked horror movies, but was only like vaguely aware of the saw franchises or the saw franchise. I just kind of thought that it was just like jigsaw is just having a laugh, killing some dudes for like an hour and a half. And it's like torture porn. And it's like, cool. That's, I don't really want to watch that, but um, I'm glad it's existing. And then to find out it is this like, labyrinthine like twisting and turning storyline that you have to watch from the start to even have a chance of understanding is really really funny to me like you can go out and watch like the nun without having seen um the the conjuring i think that's the part of the, that's, that's yeah sure yeah, yeah, yeah. like hell you can go out and watch the conjuring 2 without having seen the conjuring i did that i liked the conjuring 2 without having seen the conjuring 1 like, and there was some continuity, but, like, they did their best to, like, catch me up a little bit. Saw does none of that, and I love it. It's my favorite. It's it's not my favorite horror movie franchise because Final Destination will always be unimpeachable, but it's, like, it's top three for sure. <laughs> yeah, so I have I have a few points that, that I'd like to address here, and then maybe we can do the uh, whole official intro. Sure. Point, <laughs> point number one is that... I think one of the reasons that people like this franchise and that it's so easy to come back to in this way is that Saw pretty much serves you up a charcuterie board of increasingly baffling narrative decisions that you just kind of like, you know, get get to like pick and choose and focus on in their own discrete ways throughout each of these films. I I, right. I, I, I view it as sort of like the Grover house of horror cinema <laughs> oh narratives <my> <laughs> where it is this, it is this horrible, just awful, potentially deadly thing to behold. But at the same time, there is this alien sense of cohesion and thought behind it where mm -hmm. you yourself can't possibly grasp what could have led to something like, as in a formal sense in terms of aesthetics 
how something this dis- disgusting could be allowed to happen. But right. like, you know that there was somebody who had a a, a plan, exactly. irregardless of the outer appearance. And the other thing I wanted to say is that when we talk about retcons in the in the context of this franchise. I think it's important to clarify that at no point does a retcon in Saw ever mean something was actually tangibly retconned. It is not it is right. not a retcon it's, it's in the sense de- that they are it is not a retcon in the sense that they are going back and saying, Oh, this didn't happen or oh, this character is here now or right. oh they're whatever. Not, they're, not jumping back, they're not jumping back and saying John Kramer actually, uh what we said in Saw Two was wrong. Right, uh, right. The, in, the, in, John Kramer was actually caught right after the events of Saw One and then we're jumping forty years later and doing a pot and having a two, yeah, uh, two it, characters be a podcast about it. Exactly. The the retcon the retcons they make are never concessions to the audience. They the retcons in this franchise do not exist for the audience's benefit because at no point do they ever help establish the narrative in a way that would provide, you know, new or different information about how the rules of a film work. It is literally them looking at like a bed of cobblestones and saying, okay, where can we fill in this gap? Where can we fill in <laughs> oh, this yeah. gap? Let's yeah, put yeah. some, let's put some cement down here. What you can walk over the cobblestones already. They don't need huge globs of concrete between them. No, I think they would look much better with huge globs of concrete between them. And <laughs> yes, I would say that Saw 3D is nothing if not a huge glob of narrative concrete, so why don't we go ahead and get into this one? Yes, 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 let's. Everybody, everyone, it's your number one. It's your number you one get... trans rights slasher villain uh, podcast. Uh, I'm uh-huh. Sarah. I, I'm Blair, and we're joined by returning guest, uh, September legend, uh, podcast regular Morgan. Hello, hello, it's me, your recurrent auditory parasite, here to tell you more about Topin <laughs> Bell and the Saw franchise. I hope you've been well. I've been great. <laughs> I watched the new <laughs> Matrix movie. That was pretty good. But hey, cool. yeah, cool. we also watched Saw 3D, the seventh film in the Saw franchise. It's so fucking like, like there were multiple how, people. Yeah, in the, yeah. In the, how in many the people I had this question? How many people had this question? So like there were like three people in the post Game of Thrones Discord server who were like, "Wait, Saw 3D is Saw 7? Yeah, yeah, totally. I think that's why. I don't it's, know it's, what... You know what it is? It's it's three and then D, which uh, uh, if you do the out letters to numbers, D is the fourth letter of the alphabet. So three plus four is seven. There. That, there see, we it's go. right there. Yeah, totally, totally. I think, like, that's part of the reason why they renamed this to Saw the Final Chapter in some circles, because mm. 
I feel like after the point where it was in theaters or where they knew this was going to be the last one, they just said, yeah, fuck it, call it Final Chapter instead. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Final Chapter... I don't know which one is stupider, right? Like, Saw 3D is technically more correct, but Saw Final Chapter is so hammy and pretentious and only the way the, a the horror thing, film sequel that, like, can be the, the thing yes. is that like normally like a 3d being appended to the end of a title is like it's either indicative of the fact that it's the third in the trilogy such as spy kids 3d yes. or it is just like the title would stand alone were it not for the 3d appended like i think the i think there was like a, a 3d release of the movie piranha uh if i'm not mistaken Oh um, yeah, that was a huge thing that was happening for a bit where they would just yeah, or like um, my releases. my bloody Valentine 3D or I think was yeah. like, I think it like yeah. had 3D in the name or something. And, but like the thing is, neither of these are true about Saw. It is not the th- it is, neither of these are true about Saw 3D because like if you lop the 3D off of My Bloody Valentine, you just get My, it's bloody, still Valentine. my bloody Valentine. Yeah, yeah. But if you lop the 3D off of Saw 3D, you just get Saw, which yeah, is the first one already. Which is the first one. Yeah. Um, I um, think this. I think I, this movie should also have been named Saw, though. How how fun. funny would it be if when they bring the Saw movies back, like, not Jigsaw and not Spiral, if they did the whole minimalist horror rebrand thing and just called the new one Saw as well? So yes. you'd have Saw, you'd have Saw, Saw they, 3D, and they, Saw. What if they did it like Microsoft and named it Saw 1? Saw 1, that'd be pretty good. Saw X. I actually, I, do, I think if they come back, it would be Saw X, because they'd count, um... Yeah, I, if you count Spiral and Jigsaw, that does bring well, up to 8 and 9. Well, the thing is that they already said Spiral is a separate thing. Like, Spiral is not uh, Saw 9. It's something different. Uh, okay. So, yeah, there's like this... <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know! <laughs> it's it, because because uh, the thing about Spiral is no spoilers, but like it's not part of the direct Jigsaw continuity. Like... Uh, not to not to not to uh, burn not to cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah, not to burn your toast, but I don't think Tobin Bell is in Spiral at all. Fuck like this. I, yeah, Fresh I don't think dead. I think he may have had like a cameo or something, but he he never like appears. Like like I mean, it's, he's it, barely in this one too. Right? He's like, barely he shows in up, this he one. He shows up and looks like an he shows up and looks like fucking Fred Durst in fifty years and then leaves. The good news about this movie is that it led them to course correct because he's actually in Jigsaw quite a bit more than he was in this film um, thank god yeah, yeah so, I don't, like tobin bell's absence from this movie was sorely felt because i was like yeah this entire, movie, this entire like i i think hoffman is a very funny character to watch but like making him the sole focus like who else who else is focused on this movie you've got you've got hoffman jill. you've got jill who like i do like but the, jill is also not in this movie all that much like she spends a lot of the a lot of the time just like cooped up in the safe house yeah the best um, thing jill does in this movie is get blown up into four discrete pieces yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, but like, but like, who, who, like, Hoffman just like sucks everything out of, like, so Hoffman is the center of this movie because, like, like, the Gibson, is that his name? I truly cannot remember. I this truly fucking, have no idea. I'll, um, the fucking, I'll consult, the cop I'll consult is like, the. the the cop is like a void of charisma. Like Tobin Bell's barely in it. Jill is barely in it. Doesn't do much when she is. Like, this entire movie rests on um what what's his name again? I, I can never remember it. His name is indeed Gibson. Uh Bobby no, Dagan is the no, no, no. self help oh, guy. Yeah, Bobby Dagan, right? Yeah, I, Gibson fucking, is I, completely, the cop. I completely forgot about the Bobby da- I completely forgot about the saw trap part of this movie because I don't give a shit about Bobby Dagan at all. Yeah, I love so, I actually kinda love that the whole the whole like I don't know. It's it's so stupid. It's know? very it's like petty. It's... I think I think this movie has a lot of flaws, Sarah, as you were outlining. I think that <laughs> 
there is a reason for that that I can say up front, but I'll go through this bit first, is that narratively, this movie doesn't have much to offer, right? It doesn't have the weird villain panache like Six did. Uh, It doesn't have a good self-serious like stupid campy cop narrative in it or anything like the cop narrative is just really bad Uh, i will say the guy who plays gibson at no point ever acts like a real human being in this movie which i think is (laughs) kind of fun but like safe uh, house yeah but outside of that the traps in this movie are i would say 70 percent of them are just straight up looney tunes i (laughs) think i think that the the movie is so ugly that it like it's just impossible to look away from like this film looks like dog shit and you can't quite put your finger on why but it Mm -hmm. it it looks so nasty it's this hyper real digital filmmaking um but like there's a, but despite all of that it comes together and is maybe not up there with the greats of this franchise but is still a pretty fun watch especially if you're kind of laughing at it with other people right right yeah i, right. I think the big the big the big the big flop about this movie is that like the trap the traps are like the traps are really Looney Tunes, but like not in a, like the traps in in Saw Six are really Looney Tunes in a really funny in like a really enjoyable way, like mm-hmm. I in like a really like gory way, like the fucking shotgun carousel is like like comical, and the um the 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 rack of injection needles that makes the guy dissolve Melt. from the inside out. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. He turns into a grilled cheese. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Um, I, I I this movie's like the traps are very funny, but they're also just like. Yeah, and then and then what? Like, there's no like, there's no like. It feels like they build like a grim finale, and then they don't like have a grip. Like a guy so, gets fucking like yanked on a on a noose by like the like he's fucking he, like he's fucking Billy the puppet being yanked uh, off screen. I think some of these traps are so stupid they're really really funny. And um, I agree. That's I, how I, I feel don't think. About but this. I I, I want to be clear. I don't think they're like. I don't think that they're like bad. They're just like the tone is different. It's a hard, the tone it's a is hard different. act to follow. Is the thing. yeah, you know, yeah. You know, it is like it is. I, I think I said this like during the stream, but I, I do think this movie has some sort of like Final Destination vibes, like the way it is interested in destroying bodies. Sure, yeah. Final this is this is this is the goriest Saw movie. There are like Danganronpa pussy pink entrails coming out of people like at every opportunity. There it is, is oh yeah. Viscera, about this blood looks. Yeah, the blood is like this weird lipstick pink that it looks like mm-hmm. it looks like the blood from Danganronpa. It really does. Yeah, it does. It, it's, it's like, like desaturated Wes Anderson Danganronpa blood. I, I I really thought you were being like like I really thought you were like being hyperbolic when you, yeah yeah i thought you were being hyperbolic when you said that the first time and then like the first drop of blood gets spilled I'm like, yeah oh my God, like, like, is that like these guts these guts start spilling out it's like fucking links of oscar meyer hot dogs coming out of this woman yeah. um yeah, 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 yeah so yeah. so here's here's what i want to hit y'all with before okay, we okay. get into the discussion this film is directed by the same director as saw six his name I believe, unless there is an accent on it, is pronounced Kevin Grutert. Um, maybe mm-hmm. it's Grutert. I think I, I would like to assume there's a bit of a pronunciation on that one. So we'll listen. All right. Anyways. So so our man Kevin directs Saw Nine or Saw Nine, Saw Six in two thousand nine, 
and absolutely knocks it out of the park like magnum opus of the soft franchise so where do you go after somewhere like that what do you do after kind of directing the best saw film for kevin the answer was to go up and kevin's offer to go up was to go straight to directing the sequel to one of the most financially lucrative horror films of all time paranormal activity 2 Oh, wow. Unfortunately, the studio and Kevin's contract required him to stay behind and direct Saw 7. Oh, my God. This man has gone on record saying that his time directing Saw 7 was one of the most miserable periods of his life. (laughs) He fucking hates this movie, and he has said that he basically did not give a shit while making it. So that is so interesting because you don't really feel I don't it doesn't feel like it doesn't, it doesn't feel, feel like, it doesn't feel like that. But I also like I have to say, like, he obviously holds a lot of contempt for it in retrospect. But like, mm-hmm. how often in your life do you as an adult with a job, do you get to just be like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to like, like, just yeah. be, like, the, the kind of mentality of like, I'm getting a 68 on this paper. It'll be enough to pass. And I'm just going to turn it in. Like, I, I feel like that's true. I feel like it's kind of how it kind of has an appeal in that regard. And I think it really shows in places, right? I think especially yeah, sure, yeah. in the scene with Jill and Gibson where they're in the safe house and it looks like they're being directed on a community theater hotel room set. Yeah, it is. Yes. It, it, it looks disgusting. Like the framing is awful. It, it, it looks horrible. So if this guy says that he didn't give a shit while making this movie, it definitely shows in places, but I think it kind of loops around to becoming a certain sort of camp at times. I yeah. agree. <laughs> yeah. like, this movie has a lot of energy, you know? It, Hoff- yeah. Hoffman, Hoffman's line in that dream sequence, which we will get to, like that, that, that is like the all time, of, all time, all time of that to me. But should, should, speaking of, should we get into it? Yeah. Oh, yes, please. Let, let's start off with the Paul W.S. Anderson Resident Evil 1 Virus Lab Zoom in Saw recap we get of the events of the first film. Yeah. We, we have this, like, tiny... It's literally, if you've seen the first Resident Evil exactly like it, where there is this tiny blue square that, like, it zooms in on to become a replay of the events of Saw 1, which then go on to establish a flashback where Dr. Gordon is crawling out of the Saw bathroom with his Hot Pocket-looking severed leg. <laughs> has Carrie Carrie always has not been in this franchise since the first one, right? Like, he's just been completely absent? He has been absent in physical presence. I think they've mentioned his name, like, twice, and I, sure. if I'm remembering... Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm remembering correctly, I think there is a scene where Jill Tuck drops an envelope through the door of his doctor's office, either in, I think in Saw 5, but definitely not in Saw 6 from what I remember. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But I think that happens at some point. Otherwise, he has... It's really funny that, like, his presence in this movie mirrors his presence in the franchise, where he shows up at the very beginning and Mm. then disappears until the very end. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he has he has one other scene in the middle, but like it's literally like the first shot you the first scene in the movie that you see is Doctor Gordon. The last scene in the movie that you see is Doctor Gordon, completely gone from the from the inter from the inner from the in from the time between, excluding like one scene or a couple of mentions. Yeah, it's really funny because when I watched this the first time, the the twist with him at the end, which we'll get to. 
I just did not see coming somehow. Like, it felt really out of left field to me. But watching it now, it is, like, incredibly on the nose how they telegraph it in the beginning that he's going to be involved with this narrative. Like, starting the film, showing him crawling out of the saw bathroom, you know if they're favoring that over literally any other big flashback, then this is going to be kind of focused on him at some point. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, yeah, he, he claw he crawls out of the bathroom and then cauterizes his leg wound. Yeah. <laughs> the leg looks he like He just shit. like, he just like, he just like rams his hot pocket leg up against the, some boiling hot pipe and just like screams for a minute. And then we get the title. Is this when we get the title card? I think so. Yeah. I am. Um, oh no, the I, title drop comes, the, the title drop comes after the, uh, the, the unfortunate, uh, buzzsaw incident. Yeah, I think we do get like a series of opening credits over this flashback. Yeah, um, it, it just looks like the, it just looks like 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 it looks it, it feels as though we are from the point of view of water rushing through a pipe, and then there's just like detritus in there that takes the shape of like like studio credits. Yeah, and I have to assume this was as a 3D gimmick, right? Because oh, absolutely, this definitely flew straight into the audience. Being saw 3D, uh, one of my favorite pastimes in horror films is to watch horror films put in 3d and kind of try to pick up on all the moments that are just popping something out of the screen at you i yeah. think i think my favorite one is friday the 13th uh part three which is which is one of my favorites in the franchise because it has all these really campy 3d gags like the part <laughs> where jason stabs through the guy and his eye pops out towards the screen Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, these these floating titles, you know, you see them in 3D. You go, ooh, ah, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> director name, ah. <laughs> did y'all did y'all see a lot of stuff in 3D when it was having its big like early tens resurgence? I saw. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure I saw Spy Kids 3D in 3D in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw the Jim Carrey Christmas Carol in 3D. Oh, I forgot mm-hmm. that existed. And I definitely saw some, like, I, I think I saw, like, the, um, I saw some, like, early, the, I saw some early, like, when you were still getting the red-blue glasses, I definitely saw something in 3D. Th- oh, I saw Avatar in 3D. Yeah, I saw. Oh, yeah, well, of course, yeah, same. Avatar was, like, the one I remember because I went to go see it with my dad, and, and we felt like the movie just kept, like, going and going, and I was like, <laughs> it this does, 3D- it really I was does. like, I was like, this 3D is giving me a headache, and he was like, yeah, we should just leave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and... if, if, you, if you sit through the entirety of Avatar with the 3D glasses on without taking them off, you deserve some kind of metal. Yeah, totally, totally. But I think aside from that... I maybe saw a couple other things. Was one of the newer Star Trek movies put into 3D? Am I remembering that correctly? I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> Avatar. Avatar. That, the, first one, the first. The first one was like 2014, right? Yeah. yeah I, um, I. I really don't know. I know, like, I know there's a few, but I, I just can't remember. Maybe it was like an animated Disney movie or something. But um, Avatar is the one I remember because that was the one of the only movies I've ever walked out of in a theater. <laughs> the the other oh. one, also with my very impatient father, was Jim Carrey's The Grinch. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. For myself, the one that I, I mean, I've definitely seen more than just this in 3D, but the one that yeah I actually remember is Avatar. 
um, just because I know I saw it. Yeah, so I must have seen it in three D. That's like um, the 3D movie that when right. like like fifteen twenty years from now that that movie is going to be like Tim's camp essentially. People are going to look back on that and be like, oh, remember fucking Avatar? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, but yeah, but honestly, it's like I I since I I have this personality trait. That when anything becomes like associated with popular media, oh, sure. I tend to hate it. Yes. Um. So I was like, I thought it, I thought three D was so lame in high school that I would actively avoid it. I... Invi- I'm not <laughs> saying someone... you're wrong for that, but I think you might be kind of right for that. <laughs> the um, I just remembered. I, I'm just going through a list of Wikipedia titles because I knew there was one that was stuck in my craw that I had seen but I couldn't remember. Uh, it was the Tintin movie. I definitely thought oh, it was. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> that movie. That that movie fucking rules in a way that like it really shouldn't. Honestly. Um. Yeah. I never saw it. I totally missed me. But yeah, it was. Uh. Yeah. I. Anytime someone would invite me to a movie, like or like my parents would be like, "Oh, do you want to see this movie?" I'd be like, "If." if they offered me showtimes and it was in 3d i would be like no i'm not seeing it it's in 3d yeah yeah i i really did not like the i think i like made an appointment for i think i made an appointment for tintin 3d because like tintin was a really important part of my childhood and i was like yeah 3d this will enhance the viewing experience i want to get the my maximum dollar value when i'm seeing my big my big favorite boy tintin on the big screen Mm -hmm. so i know i mentioned it in passing but did i talk with y'all uh about the experience i had seeing the matrix in 4dx last week (laughs) you did did not tell me i've heard this but please this is so fucking funny so the last week uh like i said we're recording this on the 22nd we just saw the new or i just saw the new matrix and last week they were running the original through imax and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't have anything else to do tonight. No one's going to be at the movies. It's it's like Wednesday at like 9 p.m. You know, who's going to be at the movies at this time? And so I'm looking around and I'm looking for IMAX showings and I see something which is not regular IMAX, but is this new question mark i don't know how long it's existed or how long it's been in austin but a a new to me as someone who has not gone to the theaters in a while at this point invention called regal cinema imax 4dx and i say okay i really wanted to go see it you know downtown on the big imax screen but 4dx sounds really fancy let me see what this is and and to my horror i look to discover that 4dx is sort of a shrek 4d type touch feel sniff shake spray movie theater gimmick for films which are not a cute four minutes long, but are in fact two hours and twenty minutes long. We, we've come we've come a long way from the from the Nickelodeon magazine, uh, including a, a a cutout for a scratch and sniff card to take with you to see the Wild Thornberries movie. Yes, yes, we we've come we, a long way. Uh, I not to not to spoil the ending here, but I would describe IMAX 4DX as sort of the logical end point of the idea that action movies should make you feel like a theme park ride because (laughs) some brain genius Hollywood executive said, okay, yeah, what if we just put a four-dimensional theme park ride experience in the movie theaters for, oh, let's say 156 Christian minutes. 
<laughs> and so I, I, I like looked at it and I was like, wow, goddamn, this seems like the worst way ever conceived to watch a movie. And of course, I was like, I have to see this. <laughs> like, I have to do this. And I look and I, and I was like, well, if this is expensive. I won't do it. It was like nine dollars a ticket. So mm. I was like, fuck it. We're just going. So I went with a, I, oh, yeah. I, I went with a friend of mine. Dirt cheap. Yeah. It's dirt cheap. Yeah. For oh, like normally, I think the tickets for this are like twenty dollars. But this was like a classic. <laughs> you know, if you if you get those movie tickets at a discount, you know something's fucked. Yeah. 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 But since this was like a special screening and Spider Man was about to come out there like yeah just fucking run it at, at nine dollars because sure, um, sure, sure. so I, I go with my friend and we we get to the theater and we walk in and the, the the fear of god is put into me when i walk into this theater because i immediately look up and the first thing i see is that there are huge fans mounted on either side of the auditorium with these like massive searchlights bolted onto the sides and i was oh like god. oh sweet baby jesus so the second thing I notice is that the whole theater smells like kind of the inside of an athletic sneaker store. It has oh, no. it has this really like rubbery fabric stench to it. Uh-huh. And I, and I look over at the seats, and I go, oh my god, these look like gamer chairs designed by Jigsaw from the movie Saw. <laughs> and uh, we, we sit down in them, and I look down at my, my armrest, and the, the pure horror of god fills me as i see a button that says water on water off <laughs> so we we pretty much know what we're in for at this point but mm-hmm. no amount of sort of hyperbolic language or storytelling i i could impart can ever properly illustrate the experience of watching 1999 american cinematic masterpiece the matrix while sort of constantly just getting jostled around as if I'm an Arizona iced tea can. Like, the the movement the movement of 4DX is not particularly jerky. It, it is at times, like, sudden, but it, it kind of, like, thumps and, you know, vibrates and moves and shakes you around. But it's never, it never feels like your spine is going to break, right? It's just... Right. It's just constant and uncomfortable enough to ensure that you absolutely under no circumstances can focus on anything in the movie you're ostensibly (laughs) meaning to watch like i if i had not seen the matrix and went in to watch it like that for the first time i'd have no fucking idea what that movie's about because the whole time it'd be like the fucking jolly green giant is playing hacky sack with my ass like and then in all the rain scenes they like spray this like piss cold water at you out of the front of the seats it like all the lightning scenes have like flashing lights they turn on these huge fans in the fucking there is no spoon scene the seats tilted to match the motion of the spoon on screen as it happened it is one of like the most vulgar unhinged and confrontational experiences I have ever had at a movie theater in my entire life. And like under no circumstances can I recommend it, but good God almighty, it is something unlike nothing I had ever experienced before in my entire life. It it is just, yeah. If they release the next spiral or whatever in 4DX, I will be there day one. (laughs) 
yeah, 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 yeah. I was just thinking that. I was like, I want a re-release of Saw 3D, but in 4DX. I would, I would be there day one for that. Saw 6, they're actually releasing the new Scream movie in 4DX, and... I'm really te- oh. I'm really tempted, but twenty dollars is a lot of money for something like that. Yeah, that's that's yeah. too I, much. I don't want to pay twenty dollars for an unpleasant, strange time. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but I will pay. Yeah, about half that for an unpleasant, strange time. It, it was really something. I'm telling you, you go to that, you you get you get like a little edible in you before that stuff gets started. It is it is. Uh... It uh, get the fr- get freaked the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what sucks is that I was watching it and I was like, oh, for the first time I realized that, you know, The Matrix is like a masterpiece, like this movie's incredible, but the the revelation is undercut by the fact that I'm getting, you know, sort of shaken about the entire time. It's it's really gruesome. It felt like I was in a jigsaw trap designed to, like, kill my attention span. I don't know. Do we want to do we want to talk about the first actual trap in this movie? Forty minutes yeah, into this podcast, because we cut we cut away, we cut away from Hoffman cauterizing his leg wound to, um, us like to, like for what? Where is this place? Uh, it's, it's, like, park. it's it's like an outdoor it's quote unquote Times Square. It's like some sort of city square, basically. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it, yeah, square, it's like small. kind of like an outdoor park, or like there's a gazebo, but there's like buildings at the same time. It, it looks like a it looks like a mall or something. Like it looks like yeah, they're doing like this outside mall. the Apple Store. Yeah, <laughs> the, and the, the yeah, yeah, construction yeah. Um, of the of the uh, the construction of the structure that uh, that J- that Jigsaw has put in here is does not help to does not does not push you away from the Apple Store thing. Of it no, all. it's a very easy comparison to make because what yeah. what 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 we cut to is this like big like. I've got no sense for dimensions. It's just like a large, like, yeah, like yeah. a giant, like a giant reptile tank. Yeah. Um, with with three people strapped into it. There's two guys who are strapped at opposite ends of like a conveyor belt, kind of, and then mm. above, and then in the middle of them, above them, is suspended uh, a woman. And um, the setup of the trap is as um, so. As the two guys wake up, this is when everyone in the every, in, everyone in the town starts to notice that there's actually something here. Like, it's just, I mean, I know this is really CinemaSins of me, but just, like, the fact that no one seemed to notice that there was anything going on inside this box until those two guys woke up, like, was yeah. very, very funny to me. So, I I took... So people people be so damn on their phones people, and not looking at the world around them. People be so damn on their phones. So, I took six post-it notes worth of thoughts on this movie, and... Okay. One entire post-it note of that six is dedicated just to this trap right up at front, because mm-hmm. I think this really establishes the tone of what this movie is going to be. I think that it is patently absurd in set and setting. I think it is just... I, I don't know if it's intentionally meant to be such a departure from other saw traps because this one just takes place in public like a Chris Angel mind freak bit. But like there's so much happening here at once. Th- this trap is two dudes on either end of this saw contraption, right? And then this woman strapped to the ceiling with the other saw. And the the the, the I, I I don't know what you would call this, like the love triangle trap, but it's basically a cuck trap. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah and I it's the cuck well in a in a film about broadly yes and largely cuckoldry yes we're we're starting off with a bang this is sure. this is the broader point i'm angling at this is the trap that establishes the narrative of the film 
it establishes sort of the romantic relationship between the main trap guy and his wife. And if you didn't know, these two guys who are in this trap actually make a special secret appearance at the end of this film. Those, those, the two guys. Fuck off. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Fuck well, this movie. So we'll, I'm, I'm quitting the podcast. Podcast is over. <laughs> we have like 212 episodes. Great run. Blair, thanks for everything. Morgan, thank you so much. Podcast over. Wow, this episode was way shorter uh, than I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, we're just getting spun up. I, I'd say we're about a fourth of the way through this episode, if I had to guess. But, um. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so two things I want to note here is that, is, is that, uh, it reminded me in construction it was very similar in terms of concept to like the Mickey's dick smasher in like a spiritual <laughs> sense, I think mm-hmm, like right. jig, like jigsaw's dick ripper, I suppose. Yes. Um, yes. so another note I made that I'm sure everyone will think is really funny is I said, these men were being canceled on jigsaw. He, uh, he put their asses on blast for real, really got them in the quote retweets on this one. And wow. one of the reasons this is so funny is because he concludes his speech by asking which one of them is going to be the alpha male, which <laughs> I feel like only further contributes to the discourse about this film. Re When I heard the word, when I heard, now you will decide. Proven once and for all, who is indeed the alpha man? When I saw, when I heard those words come out of little Billy's mouth, I felt like I had been shot. It's really funny when he rolls out on the tricycle in this one because they shoot it like somebody coming on stage at a talk show. Like they do, <laughs> they shoot they shoot him in metonymy where you only see like pieces of him at a time. Like first you see the tricycle wheel, then you see his gay little shoes, and then like his shoulder, and then he like fully rolls out from behind the guy, like he's coming out from behind the curtain on Oprah. It's <laughs> It's yeah, exactly. so fucking funny. Um, here comes a special boy. Here comes a special boy. I need I need someone, if anyone out there is taking commissions and can do Billy the Puppet in an Akewood style, hit me up yes. because I've got an yes. image I want you we to need create Jinx, for me. We need Billy the Puppet. Here comes a special boy. Yeah, yes. yeah, absolutely. Uh, this trap is like, it is it is the first of these that is so just completely stupid in terms of concept and presentation and I think in that sense it also sets the tone for what's what's to come because so many of these traps are pretty absurd in the way that this is. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. So as it the- ends up they're like bickering back and forth, you know, and like I don't know. It's 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 so it's it's such a strange thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the entire time it was happening. I was what like I was imagining what if I if I was in this crowd, would I even give a shit? Like I would, <laughs> I would not even yeah. Stick like oh, it's one, fucking Der- Derek and Bob, and they're fucking fighting over you know Helen. I'm just well, like, I would I just assume it'd be just like some sort of promotional stunt. Yeah, right, because like, they're I'm all like, dressed oh up like God. lumberjacks. Like the two guys are dressed up in like construction worker outfits to match the display. But then the <laughs> woman, the woman sure, is like sure... the the lady who's strapped to the ceiling has this like push up harness on her that is just like <laughs> popping her titties out of this pink yeah, shirt that it, she's in. It's the funniest thing ever because yeah, it literally is as if. Um, I guess Hoffman, right? Yeah, um, was like the tits are the most important part. Of this this, this whole is this is definitely a Hoffman trap. He's the type of he's the type of he's guy. Horny. He's he is the type of guy who would make a horny trap for people who were cucking each other. 
He, exactly. he Hoffman is the Jigsaw apprentice who's all tagged the Jigsaw apprentice who's always waking up sexually horny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, oh my god. Uh, yeah. So basically, the, the these two these two bros are like, like, oh wow, actually. It's the girl is the problem here. This is a very um, misogynist film. I'll just say that. Oh, up front. yeah. Like it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it is. I mean, surprise, yeah, unsurprisingly, but yes. yeah. Yeah. Since Saw 4, I think this is probably the one that hates women the most. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I get. Uh, but honestly, in, in like a less like directly like soul painful. I yes. Don't know, you yeah. Know? It's, it's, it's 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 just different. Just, it's just stupider. Yeah. It's yeah, stupider is, is yeah, it's it's less cruel and just deeply stupid. Yes. Um, yeah. Um. So yeah, so they basically they, uh, they say chop I think they, they they she gets like really she gets really stretched out because like this is like a this is like a fucking the most misogynist possible take on this woman, which is that like she's like in the middle of this, she is manipulating, she's like nakedly manipulating both of the men. Like when one of the guys is winning, she's like, "Go, Brad, go!" But when the other guy winning, she's like, "Oh no, I didn't mean it. Go, Derek, go!" Yeah. And then at the end, she's like, "What are you fucking idiots doing? Oh my god, I can't like." And then like they say, "We're I think we're breaking up with you, Dina." Yes! <laughs> <laughs> it's and then so they good. Let the- they let the saw just yeah. dig straight into her tummy and like spill her entrails all over. I am yeah. I am so mad they never made a direct sequel to this because I would love to see what they did with these two characters. Like, holy shit, are you kidding me? Um, the, like the, probably like uh, heterosexual the, mutual masturbation the, is what I'm thinking. The fucking setup at the end of this film is such a like just unhinged slam dunk in terms of the f- canon of this franchise, yeah, and the fact yeah. that they never followed it up is like simultaneously <laughs> really funny and really kind of sad. Oh, I know the what could have been Saw Eight actually Saw Eight, you know? Totally. Yeah. God. Ugh. But, uh, so... We get our title drop. We we do, and I believe it, uh... Oh, it, it, we, get a, we get a flashback to the previous movie, right? Yeah, we, get, we just get, like, the end of the last movie, where, like, Hoffman yes. gets put in the... Gets put in the, the reverse, uh, the reverse bear trap. Classic and he, like, saw move. Yeah, yeah. He, mm-hmm. he, he, he gets his own... He gets his way out, he, like, screams, and that's where the last movie ends, right? Like, with him yeah. just, like, yeah. going, ah! There's a really um, good canted angle in this. I think on either his head going through or being pulled out of the trap uh, when he goes mm. out of the door. There, mm-hmm. like as much as this guy says that he tried to sabotage this movie, there are some genuinely pretty good images in this one. Yeah, that's why I'm like uh, the lady doth protest too much. Perhaps like yeah, totally. it seems like some at least someone was having a good time making. Yeah, this movie. maybe, this, maybe yeah. the cinematographer was enjoying himself. <laughs> um. But yeah, so uh, so basically, we, we yeah we just get a sequence of um, immediate like Hoffman immediately getting right back to work essentially like yeah because because uh, Jill like as soon as she realizes oh fuck he's gonna break out of this Jill Tuck like starts sprinting in her little he- in her little high heels mm-hmm. like she looks like the, the that like TikTok that's like me running away from the werewolf when I when I <laughs> yeah. when I want to get fucked or whatever yeah it's totally. like, oh no don't give me Hoffman yeah that guy running down the beach with the Michael Myers theme playing is that, is that the one you're <laughs> yes! talking about yes that's yeah. what I was thinking, yes. yeah, that's yeah. What I was thinking of mm-hmm. um. But uh, Jill Tuck runs away, and Hoffman can't track her down. So he's like, "Well, back to the old grind." And he like he's so sorry. Just shut. I have to. Come I on. have to say right up front. And excuse me if this is blue of me to say, because I think you talking about the way Jill moves in this scene that made me think of it. 
This mm-hmm. there are times when this movie looks like a porno, like straight up. Oh, absolutely. like it will get to it, but they use they for some reason they they use this like I assume because it was filmed for 3D, this really uncanny digital filmmaking that makes everything look a little too real and like washed out and the way the guy directs some of the scenes in this with like Jill and just like the other characters, I don't know. It, it's very it's very strange. The vibe of this movie is very bizarre. Yeah. It's extremely bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Hoffman gets right back to it. Well, like, yeah, Jill is like cowering in the background and he's like skulking around and then bandaging himself up and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Uh, I, I like just like just to, I guess to let us know that he's getting right back to it. Yeah, essentially. yeah. This is the um, this is the part where I got so excited to see Hoffman that I wrote Hoffman my little meow meow in my notes <laughs> so I could say it on the podcast. Oh, I think this is where I think this is where we started talking about uh, Hoffman being moe through helplessness. Oh yeah, I think uh, I think he's such like an like a like a fail son in these movies. I think there's an <laughs> argument to be made for that distinction. Definitely. 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 Um, um, we also get Jill Tuck rolling up at the police station, um, and as described by the detective, she is, quote, looking crazier than a bag full of cats, mm-hmm. which is, you know, class- classic turn of phrase. Mm-hmm. And she and she doesn't even look ruffled. No, she, no, looks, she fine. looks She looks like she just, like, she looks like, like she woke up, like, went, like, did her shower, did her little makeup routine, then walked to the police station. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we, we meet Matt Gibson. Um, who is an L.A. Noir extra. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this fucking dude. I saw the... When I uh, saw The Matrix, I saw the trailer for that new um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them movie, which I hadn't I'm seen. I'm so sorry. And, like, this guy, this Gibson guy, looks like someone they would CGI into the background of one of those movies, if that means for anything to sure. anybody. I mean, just, like, white dude who looks a little too old-timey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, he's, um, God, he's, like, he's got, he's so overacting badly. It's, it's theatrical. It really is, like, he's on a stage trying to perform this. Like, this is the role of his lifetime. <laughs> it really is. Uh, um, and I have to, like, I have to imagine it probably kind of was, you know? I thought I, uh, I, I looked this up the other day. Y'all can keep talking, but I'm going to see if he was in anything else. Sure, sure, sure. So um, we we meet we meet Matt Gibson and he just introduces himself and like says, "Hey, I'm the I'm the cop in this movie." Um, and we get some stuff about Hoffman like get setting getting set up like you know putting his putting his machines in motion. Um, and then we meet our other major character this movie, Bobby Dagan. Bobby yes, Dagan. So we we get cut away to a uh, talk show scene like um him being interviewed actively, and it is revealed through conversation that he is a or purports to be a jigsaw survivor overcoming jigsaw yeah yes yes um and then we see like his media team behind the cameras um i i just love the casting there i just like i i mentioned this uh on the stream but like every blonde woman is exactly the same in these movies yes um uh and uh, because there is a, one of his, like, media managers who ends up, or, like, I assume as much, uh, assistant, perhaps, um, uh, who ends up in a trap later, mm-hmm. uh, is, like, is, like, 
spiky bun blonde girl with uh like it's dr it's dr roberta bobby yeah Actually, can I have five more of these little blonde bitches, please? So, like, yes, exactly. The, the, exactly. the thing about this is that I am in no circumstances handing it to the writers of Saw, right? I, right. I, I think the way that this franchise tends to write women is reductive at best and actively harmful at worst. <laughs> right. Right, right. And that being said, I really like how everybody in this movie who is not Amanda or Dr. Lynn Denlin is this same blonde white woman who's kind of like a girl boss, but also kind of vulgar, but also kind of like a boss bitch. Wow. Yeah. And for it, like, it's just such a, it's such a weird and distinct cocktail of personality traits. It's like we said, it's like the Dr. Roberta Bobby virus, like go, yeah. going around and transforming all these women into the same woman. It's, it's, yeah. there's a really, there's a really compelling academic argument to be written about the similarities of the women in Saw and the cycles of violence the film inflicts upon them. But that is entirely outside my purview. And so for now, I will simply say, wow, Jill Tuck and have a great time because her performance. Wow, Jill Tuck is, indeed. Yeah. I, oh God, I just like, yeah, she, she was a shining star for me in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, I just, but I just love, love seeing her do things. I don't know. Like she's, she's just like, she's. She has a very particular physicality about her too, right? She, she does. There's like, there's like this big eyed sharpness about her. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's always, she's always looking worried about something, but never really truly terrified. Like, like she's, she's thoughtfully concerned. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like she has this look she does where her eyes are kind of big and her mouth's open, like just a little bit, like almost like she's pouting, but she's kind of mm -hmm. supposed to be worried or anxious but but we aren't talking about jill we're talking about his his media <laughs> that's, manager that's what, yeah <laughs> we're too we're too taken by her um yes and so um our non roberta bobby uh, uh dude bobby um is uh just I, I don't know he's he's imagine imagine a uh uh talk uh, daytime talk show uh uh conversation about the saw you know, like about a jigsaw survivor. This yeah. is essentially that scene. There's nothing doesn't really doesn't make any sudden moves. No, no, no. It's 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 very pat. You know, it's very predictable. Mm -hmm. Um, he's he was uh, lifted up by hooks, and that becomes relevant later in, in the chest. And he's got yeah, he had stars. to hook him into his titty meat. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Um, and uh, uh, he's like, I broke free, and then rah, and it, 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 I overcame, and it's like kind of ridiculous. Uh, I don't know. It's, 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 I mean, I guess I don't want to jump around too much, but like later we have like the, the next scene with him, I recall is him in this sort of like group therapy thing. And like one of the girls is like, it was kind of the best thing that ever happened to me. And I was just like <laughs> looking, it's like, so in what, like truly in what world, right? Like they, they, I feel this, I feel like this franchise feels the need to like backwards justify it. Like, like the thing is that like you look at what Jigsaw is doing, you're like, this guy is a fucking sicko. But then like with like, I think that they want to paint Jigsaw as like a morally gray character. I and like, I think that all of this, like, cause this happens in Saw, which one's the one where, is it Saw 6 that I'm thinking of? Which one? Where, uh, where Hoffman visits the woman in the hospital and was like, but did you learn anything? 
Uh, yeah, that's yeah. When after she chops her arm off, he goes and talks to her in the hospital. Like this yeah. is not the first. This is not the. But uh, this is re- that really doesn't show. It, that really, I, I brought that up, but that it really doesn't exhibit what I'm talking about. Like no, I I, 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 not, I get the idea of what you mean. Yeah, but like I, I feel like this is all like to like. Well, we made Jigsaw too fucked up and twisted, so we need to like get some people on screen, like giving you know giving testimonials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think part of it is like when you're making these films, you kind of assume there's going to be a contingent. Of, like, edgy teenagers who are like, whoa, what if Jigsaw was right the whole time, man? You know, like, that yeah. kind right. of shit. And so I think I think these movies play into that a little bit as well. Because, because like, when you focus on the villains, that's implicitly what the message of the movie is, right? Is that Jigsaw is right. He, he is correct in what he does. And I think that's largely the position the films themselves take. I don't know if that's what you as the audience member are meant to take from it. But right. these, these are... To, to a fault, villain-centric narratives in that way. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. totally. Um, it is interesting, though, you know, in that way. Uh, I don't know, it's just like, it's interest. It's like flawed in a very compelling way to me. Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah. Um, but, but in any case, uh, the, the next scene after, um, God, this, because there's, there's, uh, I mean, a lot of talk about continuity. There's a little continuity within this plot itself. Like, it is just a lot of events happening. Uh-huh. Right. Um, so, right after, uh... Uh, after Bobby, after Bobby Dagan talk, goes on the talk show and talks about his book, S-U-R-V-I-V-E, find out what it means to me. That's um, right. Uh-huh. I we get, uh, we get Jill Tuck finding a silly little tricycle yes! outside yes! her yes! home. Oh yes! my god! <laughs> And like being momentarily like disquiet, like being momentarily like taken by it, like oh what's what's this? Oh, oh no, right. what's this? And then she gets got by Hoffman, who puts her in the uh, the <laughs> the Danganronpa execution trap. Uh, this is called the pain train, right? Like, yeah. like I feel like when I feel like when Hoffman revved the engine on it's like it's like the yeah, totally. This is I. This is my favorite kill in the whole series because it is the most like a Danganronpa execution. Because that's what I. That's like what I wanted out of these movies when I started watching them, and they're not really that right. Like sometimes they hit that level. You got so much more, but yeah. Yeah, sometimes they hit that level because a Danganronpa trap has its own like particular vibe. Like it has to be kind of cartoony, and this is the one that I think like nails that because this is this is the fucking the scene of all time in the saw franchise we 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 wake up uh into this scene jill tuck opens her eyes to find that she has been sort of vertically chained floor to ceiling on a train track like a kind of you know penelope peril type situation and she is dressed in this like super skimpy pink number uh, she looks around in terror and stares down the track only to see what I can describe as a uh, a go-kart with massive headlamps, a whole bunch of Silent Hill industrial bits welded to it, and a massive, mm-hmm. like, four-pointed drill bit on the front. Yes. Uh, and so Hoffman steps out of the shadows around the side of this cart he puts his hand on the engine and revs it and he says the immortal line you want to know the only thing wrong with killing you jill i can only do it once the music starts blasting the go-kart launches out of the station 
it's yes. it, it it sears down this track getting closer and closer to jill tuck as the drill bit spins up and as soon as it hits her her scream reverberates and echoes across the soundscape as her body is ripped apart and blown into four discrete pieces which then bounce on their chains and launch gore out into the audience as a 3d gimmick it is it rules it is such a good scene it's so good it rules so much like i love shit like this that is so i don't know it's just like that's why it's like like this this movie has a lot of energy and like there are pu- like places of like real excitement about the, these things that it's creating totally you know? yeah it's, it's like dude wouldn't it be dope if like you know like oh my god like this this sort of like uh, uh a train like 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 drill thing and then we just like shot it you know and then she was like whoa it was like whoa, so badass right you know like it's got that vibe you know were you um, were you the one who said that these movies approached low art for you while we were watching it? yes yes like <laughs> i don't well it's like yeah because it's it's not just like um like cultural white noise you know uh-huh um it it is it's substantive um but it is yeah. unsophisticated yeah you know? it's like oh so if you put if there was if there was a in, in your mind imagine one of those like four corner charts like a like an xy graph with four quadrants right and imagine mm-hmm. one of those lines is labeled sophistication and one of those lines is labeled complexity. Yes. Uh, on the sophisticated and complex area, you get stuff, you know, like Tarkovsky, like The Matrix, you know, mm-hmm. like like such and such, et cetera, et cetera. On the complex but not sophisticated, I think you get stuff like the saw franchise and like the jackass movies which are incredibly complex and then you get stuff you know like um i don't know any other movies like and i think if you put it on the graph something like the chucky franchise would probably still be like in the Um, complex yeah homestuck complex but unsophisticated yeah well i yeah i guess so i guess homestuck is more is more is more vulgar uh, com- uh, Homestuck exists in several discrete parts. So, uh, in some... this is not a Homestuck podcast. <laughs> no, it's it, it could be. So, 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 what kind of under both your heads right now? All right. So, what kind of works would then be uh, complex but not so? Sof- oh no, 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 no. Sorry, sophisticated but not complex. That um, like um like a John Green novel. Where it, yeah, where it tries I, to be, it tries to be very lofty about its philosophies, but just has nothing um, beneath like, the substance or beneath the. I surface. think a lot. I think I think um a lot of the A twenty four suite of yes movies absolutely is, yeah. like, positively. Like, I, I yeah. would call I would call um I I like um I don't know I'm just thinking like uh, it comes at night that's sophisticated but not complex yeah totally totally mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the the other one would be not sophisticated and not complex. So um, I would put like Halloween um, one broadly. No, um, Final Destination. Like, Final Destination's franchise. Yeah, just whatever. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, like Friday I, the Thirteenth, right? Like not sophisticated, not terribly hard to follow. There's just a big man with a machete 
coming to kick your shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I would, yeah, I don't know. To me, if, if complexity is the other axis of this, um, mm-hmm. because I was, I was thinking about... Because it can be on a, it can be on a multidimensional gradient, right? Like, it doesn't have to just simply exist in one of the quadrants. It can be closer to one of the axes than the other, right? No, of course. Yeah. Right, of course, of course, of course. Um, but I, I, my, like, thought there of, like, uh, how I, how we can, like, consider, um, Saw to be, like, not sophisticated, but, like, have, like, real, like, like, intangible. Like, it feels like there's something there you can hold on to. Yeah. Um, uh, like in, in opposition to like the Marvel movies writ large, which are complex and I don't think I would call them sophisticated either, Right. but they're sort of ephemeral at the same time. Right. There's totally. There's a lot, there's a lot, it's like, there's a lot there, but it's just sand and you can't really hold on to it very well. So then in that case, we have to make this a three dimensional graph, which has a third axis for substance. Yes, yes. Alright, get ready to fill these other these other eight, these other four quadrants we've come up with. What's going in these? Yeah, we're about to figure out a fucking homestuck chart over here. Yeah, I yeah, guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, our first five-hour episode. Finally, <laughs> the fans have been clamoring. So, so, um, so, okay, okay, we can we can keep talking because I need to look something up. Um, yeah, sure. Um, so. Okay, so uh, so Jill gets exploded and then she wakes up because yeah she wakes she wakes up in her and then uh, I think we cut yeah we we she wakes up from her dream and then we cut to uh, Chester we cut to Chester Bennington in this movie Rest oh in yeah peace. oh yeah L- Mr Lincoln Park God they, uh, Mr is... Lincoln Mis- Mr Lincoln Park himself they really don't let up on this it goes straight from one of the funniest kills in the franchise to the other funniest kills in the franchise <laughs> like just back to back. That's I, right. I remember being so whiplashed by this. Um, uh, I've got I've got an interview, by the way, from MTV News in 2010 about uh, how Chester Bennington wound up in this movie. Uh-huh. Please, please. Um, this is a quote from Mr. Bennington himself back in 2010. It's a funny story. The producer of the Saw films, he lives. Uh, Mark Berg, the producer of the Saw films, lives next to one of my bandmates in Lincoln Park. And when they moved in, they got to, when he moved in, they got to meet each other. My bandmate brought up to Mark that I'm a huge fan of the Saw films, and Bennington explained, "I've literally every time they come out, I'm there on opening day." Fuck yes, um, Fuck I love the yes. movie, so I'm very enthusiastic about it. Bennington continued, and so he was like, "This is going to be great. Chester's going to be so stoked that you're my neighbor. He loves the movies." And from that conversation, Mark then said, "Well, do you think he'd want to be in one of the movies?" Fuck and the yes. answer was, "Fuck yeah, are you kidding? I want to do that." So that's how it evolved, and eventually this role came along and kind of fit. Well, he he kills it because he's one of the best traps in the whole the whole series it, really the just... one i remember the most strongly honestly like this is kind of the one like one of the saw traps i think of when i think of saw traps you know totally yeah yeah like the, when, when i think saw traps the ones that come to mind are like venus fly trap shotgun carousel this um Ooh. strangely not reverse bear trap yeah. reverse bear trap is always like the anchor of the movies oh that mm-hmm. this is fun this is fun now that we've seen all of the movies we should talk about our each of our three personal favorite saw traps okay okay personal favorite saw. okay i'm gonna pull up the saw wiki just to remind myself uh-huh yeah well i will say i have seen the uh the first three uh it has not been as recent that i've seen the first three because mm-hmm. uh, i did not watch those three before watching right right uh uh, no, wait. We watched three, four, five, and six, right? Yes. 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 Yeah. For soft. So I did not. I only watched two earlier than you. The first two. <laughs> um. Uh. Well, for myself, I. I mean, 
Um, I, I really do love this uh, a Nazi car scene because it's Rube Goldberg in a way that the Saw franchise yes. allows itself to be. Yes, absolutely. Um, it is like the fullest realization of that Tom and Jerry bullshit. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and just so, just to like get it out of the way, let's, I, I would, I let, let's describe it briefly. Um, uh, so it is uh, uh, Chester Bennington glued to a car. Uh, they're all skinhead <laughs> Nazis uh, is the sort of Very thing. important. Uh, yes, this is a very Zen Pencil stop being racist type trap. Yeah, yeah, but um, it rules also. Like the thing is, oh, rules. totally, um, yeah, totally. So he's glued to this car that's like sort of been uh, smashed up a bit, and, like the windshield is broken, and there's this lever on the opposite side, um, and the engine is revving and revving. Um, his like there's a a girl underneath one of the back tires that that is like spinning and spinning. Um, one of his friends has like hooks on all of his arms and legs and also his bottom jaw um and the other one is like uh like basically like chained to the wall directly in front of like the car that is like gearing up to go faster and faster yeah as this timer clocks down to like basically drop the car so it hits the ground we've seen Um, a setup like this before because it was in the first unescapable trap that we saw from amanda i think in like saw three or four maybe there's a guy mm -hmm. that had like all the piercings through his body and that's Mm -hmm. that's this but just hooked up to a car engine yes exactly exactly um so uh uh yeah so like it's the timer goes down and the the goal is like you got to reach this lever um uh in order to uh uh, save everything and so like chester beddington is like it's just like it's basically like a minute of screaming like the next it's just uh him like ripping his skin off his back and like reaching for this lever and screaming yeah of course you know a lot of sound design that sounds like a, a you know leather couch being ripped open there oh, yeah. is oh, yeah. uh, we after a while it gets kind of goopy and you start seeing his uh insides which like the blood are like pink for some reason well yeah yeah, yeah. i i would like to note this is maybe the maybe the funniest and most heavy-handed jigsaw has ever been in one of his opening monologues because oh, yeah. because he he ends this whole thing by saying oh you're all disgusting racist blah 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 you deserve to die and then he says you're going to find out that we are all the same color on the inside. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, come on, yeah, man. We're all, we're all pink. We're all pink and we're all pink and filled with hot dogs. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real, uh, it's really something. But yeah, the, 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 I think the sequence of, of the sort of anticipation being built here of him pulling and ripping his skin is not super interesting because he's just doing this and screaming and grunting. And the and the right. and the, ra- the racist are like you're a pussy, dude. Exactly. Come yeah, on, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then, but I think I'll, I'll leave this to y'all to describe. But the part where the trap actually goes off is just wow, chef's kiss, just incredible. It's it's, it's just so like, good. Like it's it's the, it's the shit in like the the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movies when he like when when he like sees the combat that's about to happen in advance and then like just executes it all in like a five second sh- in a five second scene. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like is is um, that? It's just like the the woman gets crushed. Like the car starts driving. It pulls the guy's arms and mouth. I knew that it 
pulled it. I remember that it pulled his jaw off. I did not remember the part where it just like yanked his arms off too. The car like rammed into the guy on that's like taped the garage, and then like the car just happens to make a head-on collision with another car with enough force to rip Chester Bennington out of his seat, out of his seat, oh. rip and shoot him through the windshield of the car that he's in and into the windshield of the other car. It's so good. Like it's one of those things where. It really stretches your your ability to like absorb all this carnage at once because it's like okay, it drops and kills the woman. It's it's like this. This sounds kind of perverse of me, but I think one of the funniest things that can happen in a movie is a well timed head smash from a car wheel. Like yes. if you do that right in the film, it is always the funniest thing. Like really, and this movie nails it. Uh, the part where it, like, breaks the guy through the wall is fine. The guy getting ripped apart is, like, something from a Hellraiser movie. And then, like, just when he breaks through the, the door and you're like, okay, you know, I think that's it. Like, we've seen the trap. No, Chester Bennington gets launched, like, 20 feet out of the car through another windshield. I, I, I thought the car... Did the car explode or did I just put an explosion in there just for shits and giggles? I, the car explodes think, later. The car explodes later, yes, yeah. It, Yes, yes, yes. If, it does not explode at the time I wish it did. If, if he had flown through that windshield and the car had just exploded for no reason, it would have been the best, the just the best moment in any film. It would have made this the best film ever. Yeah, yes. totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that happens. Um, uh, and then um, I do want to say that the next scene is that group therapy scene. Unless we have another... Unless it's uh it's yeah yeah the the jigsaw the jigsaw survivor support group um mm-hmm. uh and we we get we get one of them talking about a flashback to possibly the, this is honestly like it's it's not oh, the setup is not there so we only good. see it for ten seconds in flashback but the trap that we see is so fucking funny this is like a family cutaway gag a family guy cutaway <laughs> gag like it has <laughs> right? the exact tone and pacing as one of those if you want to describe like it. the the woman the woman in uh in in the 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 woman in the support group is reminiscing about her time in the jigsaw trap and she says that she she reminisces and we get a bit of a flashback of her like hanging by her arms on like uh like a pipe or something that's suspended above a bunch of like big fans <laughs> they're lawnmowers spinning. they're upside down they're lawnmowers. lawnmowers yes they're lawnmowers that's what they are and so it is um uh uh her and like i guess her like husband her yeah her her shitty husband yeah yeah and um uh like they're like sort of like cat fighting essentially just smacking at each other um (laughs) trying to knock the other one down and she knocks him down uh and he falls do we do we even see the body like get torn no no the blood just sprays all over cover the woman yeah just just red mist um at and uh like and then she's, and then it cuts to like the fucking garden gnomes that yeah. are like lining the wall. This as is well. this is my favorite trap because they put so much effort into designing the way of like designing this trap that just makes you question what this could possibly be. Like because my theory is that these are people who worked at like a home goods store and it's Christmas, so like the woman is is working. She she has this like shiny vest on, right? And my theory is that this is taking place in, like, the stock room or, like, themed after the, the like, Lowe's garden center job that she has selling holiday gnomes and lawnmowers to people. That's kind of what I filled in the gaps for on this one. 
I, I love that. I love that. I really no, like I those that. gaps being filled, and I'm really sad that Saw Eight never happened because we absolutely would have gotten backstory on these characters. Also, oh totally, yeah. This would have been this would have been the trap that the secret Jigsaw Apprentice we saw earlier set up. That's why it has that weird touch of aesthetics with the gnomes and all that. You know, he had to put like a a gay little touch on it. Yeah. Gotta gotta. Mm-hmm. But she throw, uh, but she like swipes at him and he drops down. He she gets sprayed in blood and. Like, and this all happens in like six seconds. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. And then the and then we get like uh, we we see like some faces of other survivors from this franchise. We see the woman who survived the uh, the the pound of flesh trap from the start of Saw Six. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy, one of the survivors from oh, go on. Uh, you know this better. Than yeah, uh, the guy who burned down the building in Saw Five is there. The kid who was in the safe in Saw Two is there. The the kid who was in a safe. Yeah, the woman who survived the noose hanging uh, in Saw Six is there, and I think there I think there is one other person from maybe the woman from Saw Five is there, but I I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, some some fan favorites or whatever. I don't know. It just seems a lot of Whoever... people that they could get that were recently in a, a song. Yeah, movie. the only people who survived the traps because everybody else except for these people died. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we yeah, but one of the, the the one from the pound of flesh trap is like, are you kidding me? You're talking about how this saved your life. I the only thing that this did to me was made me lose twenty pounds from my fucking arm that I had to cut off to survive and she gets really mad and then uh, Bobby Dagan steps up and like does like a fucking two minute speech that's just like we are stronger for having gone through what we did and he like takes off his shirt and like shows his scars and they don't really look like a hook went into they're them they're pretty shitty um, yeah like I'm not really sure what kind of what these kind of, how those kind of scars would heal, but they'd probably be like longer and more irritated because of the uh, skin being stretched, right? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, yeah. But uh, in it, like in any case, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, he's having this speech, and then um, uh, who comes thumping on in? You know, uh, it's it's, it's it, he doesn't come thumping on in. He just he he's been there the whole time, and it's just. Yeah, he gets yeah. the slow clap. Uh-huh. He gets the slow clap from the back of the room. Um, it's 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 our a good friend, the Dread Pirate Roberts. Carrie Always is in the building. <laughs> Carrie Always, Bobbly Wobbly from the Oogie Lows Big Big Balloon Adventure. Uh huh. Listen. Um. Uh, so like, I I saw I have seen Princess I saw Princess Bride earlier and more times than I saw the Oogie Lows Big Balloon Adventure. Actually, no, that's not true. I've seen the Oogie Lows Big Balloon Adventure more times than I've seen Princess Bride. That's a complete falsehood. Um, but I did see that movie. I did see Princess Bride earlier, but Bobbly Wobbly will always be the defining Carrie. Like, when I think Carrie L was, I'll think, oh, he was in the Oogie Loves, which is an insane person thing to think. That's rough. Mm-hmm. So, the thing about Carrie L is in this movie is he is in it for all of, I would say, f- including flashbacks, five minutes of screen time. It's so funny. And he mm-hmm. eats this movie alive. Oh yeah. my god. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't, he is, for, like, for not being in this franchise for as long as he was, because I understand he had some sort of rights dispute with the, with the filmmakers, but Mm -hmm. to just come back at the ass end and have more fun with it than anybody else has in the whole franchise, aside from Tobin Bell, it is, it is, it's unreal. His performance in this, he plays the gayest... (laughs) evil british man alive 
He is like walking around in these three piece suits. He has this Hannibal type cane. Like he looks like somebody from Hannibal in this. He really oh, does. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's just oozing. Like they gave up on trying to make him be American. He's just British now. And God knows why. Uh, he gets up and he's like, well, well, he's doing kind of doing like a Heath Ledger Joker voice. He's like, well, 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 isn't this touching? Uh, and, and he, he kind of razzes Bobby Dagan a bit and he says something like, I'm so thrilled to have been on your promotional DVD. And then he just kind of leaves. Like, that's really all we see of him. But yeah, yeah. he just like fucking dips. Yeah. And Bobby is like, haha, yeah, that's so awkward and random. Uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> and moves on essentially. Um, yeah. And someone, like, talks about how, like, I didn't realize until after it was over that, like, I don't, they don't, they talk about how, like, how Bobby just, like, started showing up a while ago, but, mm-hmm. um, for some reason, I, th- I thought this was, like, like, a sponsored, like, like, you know, like, I don't know, like, fucking Narcotics Anonymous hosted by Steve-O or something like that, or, sure. um, whatever, I, I can't, yeah, um, like I, I kind of just like I didn't think that he just like showed up to these the way he is talking I did not think he showed up to these I thought it was like a self help seminar kind of yeah 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 but no he just like started showing up to these things and turned them into his his little his little marketing places yeah because his whole media team is there in the back too you know right yeah um <laughs> it's so obvious like it's the second you see him on screen it's like oh you're the guy who's gonna get sawed aren't you. Totally. Yeah. yeah, because I how do, how does he get taken? So I don't even remember because my uh, next note is just the, he, my next note is the cops find the Nazi trap and then Bobby is in a trap. I think I think it's it's a classic saw walk out to your car and get got by 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 two people in pig the zero, masks. The zero escape classic. Yeah, yeah. Because yes, yes, I, I yes. think this is where we see there are two people with pig masks that come up and grab this guy. Um, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, so this is where we kind of get, I believe, a continuation of the cuckolding theme of the film. Uh, or, or wait, mm-hmm. does this does this cut to the cop narrative, or this cuts straight to uh, Bobby Dagan in the chest? We, we just cage, get like right? the, we just get like the scene of the cops finding the Nazi trap, like a very brief thing of like the cops notifying right. uh, Gibson and be like, "Hey, get get down here! There's there's been a there, there's been a car crash. It's been a, it's a saw trap." And Bobby's like, Gibson is like, "Fucking, I gotta go. Let's go. Let's move." Um. So I have a piece of information that I've been sitting on for the better part of 40 minutes at this point. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So the guy who plays Gibson, his name is Chad Donella. He has been in one other horror film before this that you are both intimately familiar with. Would you like to guess what it is? He wasn't in Blair Witch, was he? He was in the original Final Destination as Todd Wagner. He's the guy who gets the train metal through his head. Like he gets his, the top of his head cut off by the train that like launches a piece of metal into his head. Yeah, this is the same yeah. guy. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, he his face. Now that I'm thinking, it's like I mean, it... what, what the character's name was Todd Wagner. Yeah. Yeah. Todd with one D. He... Yeah, I don't know if he wore a backwards hat, but he could like him him five to ten years ago could wear a backwards hat. Totally. Totally, yeah. He, yeah, he's he's got um, L- big LA noir. How do you do, fellow kids? Energy, which we'll we'll get to yes. we'll get to all that later. But um, oh yeah, oh, yeah. this is a oh no, I, I I was incorrect. That is not. I was thinking of a different character. Though. Todd is the one who dies in the bathtub with the 
with the the wire around his neck. Uh, yes, yes, man, dude, the first Final Destination is crazy. Anyway, the, continue. The, the first Final Destination really feels like the the X Files spec script that it was originally meant to be. Yeah, it is does. that what it was? Oh yeah, yeah. oh that That's kicks ass. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah did you know yeah, the Supernatural yeah. has a Final Destination episode? It doesn't surprise yeah. me. It's yeah. a, it's they they the they're in a timeline in which uh well someone went back in time and stopped the Titanic from sinking and now death is final destinationing a bunch of people who were supposed to die on the who's who's uh who who were like the descendants of people who were supposed to die on the Titanic. Uh, that is so fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Season like six too, so that was like not that deep into the se- into the show's lifetime. Yeah. So so this so we we get we get um. We get all that right, and then we cut back to uh, Bobby mm-hmm. Bobby Dangerfield, uh, Bobby yes. Bobby Dager, Bobby Dangerfield, Bobby Darker. Bobby Bobby never been tested. Uh, wakes up in a cage yeah. and uh, sees S U R V I V E. Find out what it means to me. Written on the bottom of his tank, um, in, on the bottom of the cage, uh, where his feet will go when the thing gets lifted upright, and um, he gets like dangled atop a spike field and Jigsaw is like, and comes and is like, hello, Bobby, you claim to have been tested, but I have no record of you on my books of testing. You must survive the test to find, to save your wife, Joyce, who is, I will show you now. She has a collar and a leash on. She, yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. been a very good girl. Yeah. And while he's in this very phallic looking cage, I may, I may suggest, you know, yeah. Really digging yeah. into yeah. the meat of this uh, movie. Yeah. yeah, the the psychosexual implications of Saw 3D. I uh, I had I had two points here. I, I I think I forgot the first one, but I want to say uh, during Jigsaw's like narrative here, while he's going off on the uh, tape recorder and all that, uh, he he the words he says are that quote. Uh, Bobby has to obtain access to his wife. That is the phrasing that Jigsaw uses in these cassette tapes. <laughs> funny. It's God, really I'd something. Lo- I'd- obtaining access to my wife yeah getting the key code to my wife imagine you found out you were cucked by lieutenant mark hoffman how would that make you feel um god well i mean i think i i think it would be more uh personally offensive to learn that i've been cucked by hoffman by way of billy sure you know sure yeah yeah the indirect cuckoldry well, it's just like getting the, the vehicle for information is insulting. <laughs> Billy just doing the yay Billy dance as you find out about the... Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so, so there's this trap where he's hanging over these spikes, and they don't really do a good job of framing this because it looks like he's hanging about a foot over them like he could just hop down. Um, yeah. Once he's actually on the ground, they do seem a little more far away, but it's still, dude, just like hang, hang off the bottom. You know, and, and just yeah. just yeah. set your ass down. Yeah, you you mentioned that, like them shooting it from above makes it look like he is like at most like six inches from the floor. Totally, yeah. And the thing is that like there is not a density of spikes here that ensures that his feet will get sheared if he drops down. Yeah, I, I guess the illusion of depth was added to that if you saw it in 3D. But it looks it, um, it sure. looks I'm it sure, looks I'm sure it looked bad. really yeah. scary if you saw it in 3D. Yeah. 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 Um, and this is when we get our flashback of Bobby Dagan getting the, getting the idea to lie about his jigsaw trappery. Cause like he's sitting at a bar drinking beer, eating peanuts and like just watching. Mm-hmm. God, remember sitting at a bar drinking beer and eating peanuts? Only vaguely. I, I don't know if I've, I, I don't know if I've ever eaten peanuts in a bar. I don't think I have either, but like I'm feeling wistful for it, for it in the absence of being able to do anything at a bar. Yeah. Yes. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah. Um, um, they have this, they have this like, um, I'm trying to remember what this woman looks like because for some reason in my mind, she kind of looks like an e-girl, but I don't know if that's the vibe. 
Uh, mm. She's she's another person who's like, oh, it was it was so good to be tested by Jigsaw. This this woman is like, oh, it changed my life again. Solely representing the people who are like, oh, Jigsaw's good. No representation for yeah, Jigsaw fucking sucks. He he took off my ass cheeks. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this guy, this guy with his shitty hair, he decides to like. Uh, like, like they look like they really do a good job at making these guys look like early two thousand slime balls in this bar scene. Um, oh yeah, totally. And then he's like, "Oh, I could totally do like an always sunny in Philadelphia type scam by saying that you know what, this movie is an episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. The gang gets tested by Jigsaw. Fucking, fucking Dennis goes and decides to run a scam where he says yes. he's been abducted by Jigsaw." And then the whole yes. thing is Jigsaw putting the gang in a series of saw traps that he has, yes. to, has to save them yes. from. Yes, 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 yes. Fucking giving, <laughs> giving out ideas on this podcast. So, so I, I think, I think that's that's in my next two notes here is that the next thing that happens after he gets through this, uh, just like the. Um, there's because there's not a trap right after he gets out of the spikes, right? It just cuts to the cop guy and Jill, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. And this is where we decided that this guy was playing this cop as like a Tim Robinson bit, because yeah. he has that um, he has that like very um, very distinct sort of like almost uh, aggressive like but not so like like it's just weird like he's just aggressively weird and he over enunciates certain words for some reason like the, the, yeah, the uh-huh. his tone of voice and the pacing of his sentences isn't quite right i i can just i can just like imagine with perfect clarity like tim robinson being like you're gonna be safe here this is a safe house like to someone else in the scene yeah absolutely absolutely yeah, it is, um, I don't know, I totally get what you mean, though. It's a sort of, like, overacted aggression, I think, yes. is a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's And the difference here is, like, with a Tim Robinson thing, it's obviously, like, on purpose. Yeah, totally. Uh, and, but this, this is, is completely this is unintentional. Guy, yeah, there is... This is what this guy thinks acting is. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's very theatric. Like, it feels like he should be on the stage doing this, because when you film it in this really nice digital 3d camera bullshit it 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 feels very uh over exaggerated and uncanny yeah it feels too a little yeah too big for its own britches in a lot of ways it's like calm the fuck down you need a little bit more subtle uh performance here Mm -hmm. so he like he he um jill does not think they can protect her but is like she has no real choice other than to go into the cop custody um, and then we go to like the the Nazi the, the where the Nazi cops were or the Nazi not the Nazi cops I mean, Nazi I mean, cops could have redundancy yeah. but like the the Nazis where the cops are investigating the Nazi body pile um, and then all so all of a sudden like cars just start exploding yeah mm-hmm. and also Hoffman sent a video to the cops that's basically said you should just let me kill Jill Tuck. yeah it, it yeah a message to the cops gets silly and, and um <laughs> like like it looks like he's filming like inside of his garage it's it's a really interesting visual on Hoffman <laughs> he is a type of guy. he would be one of those malt liquor youtubers that films himself like chugging down 40s in his garage yes mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, um, so but, uh, then Bobby walks into the into the into the Nancy Reagan trap, the throat goat trap, mm-hmm. um, and the Dr. Roberta Bobby uh, manager uh, is in the trap, and the whole thing is just like she's got these four like 
Like, these things that look like giant syringes that are going to, like, dig into her throat if in 60 seconds, but it will go faster if she screams. Um, and she immediately starts screaming. Yeah. Right. And, like, before anything, like, untoward even happens to her, like, like I mean, being put into a jigsaw trap, definitely an untoward thing to happen to you. But, like, I am not in the immediate fe- feeling any sense of pain. Like, if someone tells me that me being loud is going to make this go faster, I'm like... Yeah, I'm shutting the fuck up. <laughs> Just zip. Until it le- at least starts hurting. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, so so he has to pull out this like key, I think, or whatever from her throat, yeah. and so like yeah. it's 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 just awful. It's like hooked into yeah, her. But, There's like a big fish hook. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks on ice. Um, and and uh, he doesn't do it in time. Um, right, and he, she he, dies. He, she takes the is, so he gets long the, he to gets die. The, he gets the key out like with within like with like a couple of seconds left, but just like doesn't even look at the key. He's just too busy being fixated upon like his his his, his, his Doctor Roberta Bobby's uh, neck getting punctured from four discreet angles, and then he just like starts screaming like, "Why didn't you shut the fuck up? God damn it!" Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> His his wife is watching and she gets yanked into she her 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 leash gets yanked further into the ground and she gets like forced into being on all, on all fours. Uh, what, yeah. what, they really they really done did it with this one. Like I, I don't. There we know that there are people out there horny for saw traps, right? Like we've like we've. Oh, oh yeah. absolutely. I would be fascinated to know how people who are into that kind of thing rank the traps in this franchise. I um yeah. I I, I yeah. really wonder what the criteria is for that totally totally um next this, is next we get the flashback of um bobby bobby's like oh fuck how did i even get how did i even get into this situation he like remembers uh that he flashes back to the question I, i'm asking here is like is this like just the, the camera flashing back because there's no way that bobby could be like oh fuck this is the time that i talked to john kramer jigsaw um oh. Yeah, I have to imagine it's just the camera because Bobby is too much of an idiot to realize anything. Right, um, but like, e- like even if he was, n- even if he was like a fucking huge brain genius, like there's no way he would be able to remember. Oh, this guy that I talked to this one time, that was Jigsaw. I think. Well, yeah, totally. well, no, he figures it out because uh, he, there's the signed copy of the book, right? Uh, oh, he he so he, right. tr- no, he triggers right. the yeah, memory yeah, yeah. because he picks up the copy of the book that uh, John came and signed. Yes, okay, with, yes, with yes, like yes. the address to it. Yeah, and that's that's when yeah. he remembers John Kramer. How do you do, fellow kids? Coming to talk to him <laughs> at his own book signing. He's wearing a he's wearing a backward snapback, which you can no snap. It, there's no snap to... on that snapback. It is no. yeah, yeah. It is a snapbackless like... snapback. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like most most of the snapbacks that I encountered, like I were were one size only. Like you, you bought the fucking Cookie Monster snapback that did not have an adjustable size on the back. Well, yeah, but it, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. It's just like a, a um, baseball cap, I guess. And he he's got the shitty yeah. little goatee. He's got the he's got the gamer drip, and he's just like oh, he has the goatee. Oh, so this took place before Saw One. Wait, I think he has. I, I think he has the goatee. In my mind's oh. eye, he has the goatee. Hold on, let me let me Google, let me Google Jigsaw. Gosh, Bobby. I, now I have to know. Now I have to know when this was in the continuity because because if uh, Dagan had the flashback to a few years before when he saw the trap survivor, and then in the interceding time, he does not. He, he does not have the goatee. I need to okay, correct okay, He does not okay, have the goatee. Because I was gonna say, no, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> um. um Jigsaw tells him about some ancient ancient Egyptian thing that's like, uh, if you if you tell some if you say if you are 
if you are lying and you know that you are lying, that means you will be put into enslavement. Okay, bye. I'm gonna go read this book. John Kramer is literally so cringe. I think at, I think at one point he says something about Bobby quote milking it on TV shows, which I thought was particularly funny. Yes, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have that in my notes too. A jog, a j- God, a jog saw, a jigsaw survivor milking it on talk shows. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You, I yeah. guess you can just do that. Uh, they let you do whatever you want if you've survived a jigsaw trap. Um, so we, then our, our next trap is uh, Suzanne, who is in a tr- who looks like she's in the wheel that rolls down the cave in in the Mortal Kombat movie. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the, instead of instead of going on a fun adventure where she's rolling around like uh, like 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 in, like she's fucking zorbing, um, she is instead going to be rotated slowly towards a set of spikes that will penetrate her eyes and mouth in thirty seconds time. The timer is set for sixty seconds, and Bobby has to ins- has to like let thing be like the conduit for a current that stops the machine from turning. For 30 of the 60 seconds, at least 30 of the 60 seconds, in order to save Suzanne. But in order to relay all this information, instead of there being, like, a tape like there is for a lot of these traps, Billy, like, swings in on a birdcage, like, smashing through one of the windows. Oh, it's so it's like, so funny. Hello, Bob. Hello, Bob. He's not in this movie as much, but his appearances, they really make it count. My my notes are just, Bobby has to hurt himself to save Suzanne from being rotated into the holes. This movie is so ugly. Well, Suzanne died. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a it's like an eye trauma trap where the guy has to uh, do like a chest workout at the gym and lift the weight to stop the timer to stop her face from getting shoved into these spikes. But when he does that, these, these like uh, cl- spikes... I was trying to think of a synonym, but it's just yeah. spikes on spikes. Um, it's spikes. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, the spikes come in from the side and, like, uh, shoot into kind of, like, his ribs, and so he has to hold it like that. And like every other trap uh, in this, she slowly rotates her way to an early demise because Bobby Dagan can simply not cut the mustard. Yeah, he's Bobby not Bobby Dagan saves nobody in this movie except himself, No, he's, right? he's, he's quite poor at this whole jigsaw thing. Also, mm-hmm. also, does 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 Bobby Diggins' story end with him just like failing to save his wife, and then that's yeah, it? Yeah, I don't think I don't <laughs> like, think we pick up with him again. <laughs> that's so funny. Um. Anyways, but uh, oh, then we, we Hoffman sends a, a threatening MPEG file to 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 Gibson. Threatening MPEG um, file. Yeah, yes, threatening exactly. MPEG file. I don't remember the context. I don't remember the contents of this video whatsoever, but it does happen. If they want to see Hoffman yes. and so bad, they can just go on fucking Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> um, the then we get to the we get to the trap in which uh, Bobby's best friend Kale is trapped. C A L E. This this clarify this. This trap is so funny. The yes. trap is the trap is um Bobby and Kale are on opposite sides of a room. It's like a second floor room. Most of the floor is gone, but there are some planks and remaining like uh, 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 structure, like like concrete like like concrete pillars and a couple yeah. of walkways that are formed by it. Um, between them, and uh, Kale has sixty seconds. Kale and Bobby have sixty seconds to get close enough to each other for Bobby to unlock the noose that is going to hang kale by his neck for uh and kill him dead and the thing about this trap that really was bothersome to me is that 
I know, like these movies are really like a second is like five seconds. Like they will they will show some they will show like a timer being at like twenty five seconds left, and then like a minute's worth thirty seconds worth of stuff will happen, and they'll cut back to the camera or they'll cut back to the clock, and it will be at twenty seconds left. Like yeah. I'm fine with that. The thing is though that this one has a really loud like the thing this this one starts with like a timer beeping, and like I, with every second that goes down, the timer ticks again, and. I don't think this is the first time this has happened in this franchise, but this is the one that's really stuck out to me because it's like, there are like three second, like there is a three second time period. Like there, you know, there's a three second jump yeah. between when we see the camera on the clock in which there are like 20 plus beeps of this ticking time. Yeah. The, of this ticking the, timer. the, the clock timer in this is really inconsistent. You know, it's, it's like, very I, silly. I, I do not, I, Things mm-hmm. like I, I watch a shitload of anime. Of course, I don't give a shit about anything happening in like you know one to one time with like an actual clock counting down. But the when they just draw attention to it by just having the beeps, it's just so disruptive to me because I'm like, yeah. why is it beeping if not to say this has been a second? This has been a second. Yeah, totally. no, totally. I agree. Yeah. So this is this is this is maybe a this is maybe a dumb thing to get hung up. On. Oh no, no, no it's agree. all good. I want to note in this scene, and this is something that extends to the movie at large. But you really notice it here with the blindfold Kale has on while he's trying to walk across these boards and these columns and shit. They Mm. really just went to fucking bondage our us for every single mask this restraint ma- and mask, chain in this whole movie. The mask is wearing is so... Oh, I know. It, yeah. I have seen so much fucking porn of, like, characters in... Of, like, furry characters in bondage. 100%. I could, I could walk down yeah. the street right now and buy that exact mask if I wanted to. But, like... Yes. Um, it's not even that. It's also the restraints that um, they have his wife in, too. Like, they're... Yes, that. The, um... The, like, the, the kind of, like, the... The straight jacket. It's not. It's not like a straight jacket, but like the way that she's bound up feels bondagey. Also, t- the woman who gets put in the throat. It goat totally trap. is. Yeah, she has like a she has like a jacket on. I'm like, yeah. I'm fine if this movie wants to play that up because I do think that's like expressly a very interesting and uh, lurid way to lend your movie some visual heft. But I don't think Saw 3D is able to pull it off without me just being like, yeah, they just like looked up the first shit they found for this and put it on camera in their movie. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, they, totally. just, they just went into the director. They, the director just said, oh, fuck, I'm going to tank this movie. I'm just going to go into my closet, get some stuff. Yeah, fuck. Fu- like, boil, boil it first, but... but... I want the deleted scene of Hoffman going to fucking Adam and Eve and buying all these, like, restraints for his new <laughs> round of testing. Um, <laughs> go to extremerestraints.com, use the coupon code <laughs> Jigsaw. Yeah, uh, so so this 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 trap is, I, I, I would describe it, and I think someone may have said this in the chat, that it was it's like a double dare challenge. And yeah, this is exactly that. Yeah, and it, it goes tits up when the guy uh, is almost across, Bobby. and Bobby throws the keys to the lock at him, and he gets one mm. unlocked, but then he f- ham hands it, and it just, like, tumbles into the abyss before he can do anything yep. else. And, the, and right. the guy just, like, looks, the guy just, like, looks at the camera, like, the, like, the fucking, the Mike Stuklasa, Stuklasa meme. Uh, yeah. Just knowing that you're fucked. Yeah, totally. He, like, he, he, he the, just goes, like, the... oh, fuck! And then he gets, uh, hoisted. He gets, like, he gets, like, yanked off the screen, like, <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know what it is, like, it feels like... What does it even feel like? It feels like when you're watching someone go in like the bungee ball ride <laughs> yeah. at an amusement park, and like they just like pull the they just like pull the thing holding the bungee ball to the ground, and they just get launched. Yeah, totally, totally. 
It's like it's like a vertical someone getting pulled off of stage around the neck by a cane. It's pretty good. I I, I like it's it. Good. Um, after this, yeah. uh, the next thing I have in my notes is uh, Hoffman Michael Myers. So maybe you can elucidate some detail on that. Well, my next notes are Gibson are Gibson having a flashback to the junk to when the before the junkyard was being used to kill Nazis in. It was just a a place for quote like junkies and oh, homeless yeah, people. Oh yeah, forgot about this. Um, and he was assaulted by one and. He, uh, Hoffman gets, gets around behind him and he like gets the other guy to put his hands up, drop the gun. And then Hoffman just blasts the man full of bullets. Mm-hmm. And he like picks up, he picks Col he picks Col like Coleman Gibson. What? Gibson. Gibson. Yes. He picks Gibson up off the ground and is like, next time you shoot first. Um, and, uh, but Gibson's like, I, I, he used excessive force. I complained to HR about it, but you know what happened? He got a promotion. Damn, who'd have thought? Yeah. Mm. Unsurprising. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah, this, the thing is, Saw movies can never be fully a cop. Yeah, well, because you know? Hoffman right. isn't, isn't the villain because he's a cop. He's the villain because he's the excessively violent cop. And he's, a, Exi- you know, exactly, out, out of yeah, control. Yeah. He He's an anomaly in the system instead of, you know, uh, embodying it. <laughs> So yeah, I, uh, I I think that's that that's all fine. Like whatever, it's just making Hoffman look more twisted and fucked up. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to his twisted. I nature. almost I, I don't like it. When, I mean, I don't like it because it's like really gratuitous and unnecessary police violence for a really stupid plot point. But um, mm-hmm. I also don't like it because I think it's a lot funnier if Hoffman is evil just because like he is. This is this is almost mm-hmm. like a Batman style origin story for why Hoffman is evil. And I think this franchise is so much funnier when Hoffman is just like a dude, right? We already we already right. got his origin story. He wanted revenge on the guy that killed his sister. Like that's that's why he's doing jigsaw shit. The the fact that he's right. We did not need this other. We did not need this other hat on his. Hat. Yeah, it, it really it really feels like extending the narrative for the sake of extending it. God God forbid. I accuse right. the Saw franchise <laughs> of Saw doing movie? such a thing. Yeah, but in a Saw movie. it's just it's yeah. just not handled with the same uh, tone as it is in the other films. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, I also apologize for my cat screaming. Oh, it's okay. Oh, it's fine. We love we love to hear them. Yeah. <laughs> They're uh, my co-hosts. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby and Joyce, Joyce, his wife, whose name we've said like once in this episode. Bobby gets to the next room and he can see his wife Joyce on a video camera, and Joyce can see him. Oh, and in order to get this. to the next room, Bobby has to Bobby has to open uh, a safe or something, or no, there's, there's like a keypad on it that's locked with, and the ki- and the code is etched onto his teeth, and he has to like pliers them out. I don't want to talk about it because it's an up, it's a, it's just, pretty nasty. I don't, I don't do it's, I don't it's do too well much, with yeah. I don't do well with teeth. I don't do well with fingernails and the... yeah, 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 totally, totally. Um. So, uh, yeah, he pulls his teeth out, but he makes, he makes it to Joyce. And this is when the cops start storming the building of the, the trap house that everything that Bobby's trap trial has taken place yeah. in. Mm-hmm. And Bobby, Bobby, uh, J- 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 reveals his final trap to Bobby, which is like, you must do the, you have to do the trap that you claim to have survived. Yeah. Which and is, well, which well, is well, first, first what happens is that, um, Bobby runs up to the electric fence and like looks at the thing that is very clearly an electric fence and like grabs his hands around it and just goes like, yeah, he gets like Jurassic Park zapped by this thing. Um, but then he has to do the trap that he claimed he survived, which is to like, he has to like hook his titties on some giant, like fucking like SpongeBob sized fish hooks. 
Mm-hmm. And like, like, and then grab the other, and those chains are like draped over a hook at the top of the thing. And he has to like use the other ends of the chains to like pull himself up by his titties to the top. And then like, t- like put an electrical thing together, like put a plug into an out, like put a plug into an outlet basically at the top of the rope. Mm-hmm. And he almost does it. Uh, and, uh, they, they don't, they, well, okay, we cut away, let's just finish this scene, because this, this, they cut away for, like, 15 minutes. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just finish this about this going, movie. yeah. Um, he almost does it, he, like, gets there, and he's, like, holding on to the two, wi- he's holding on to the two wires, the, the, you know, the, the two ends of the extension cord that he's about to plug in together, and then, unfortunately, his pectoral meat, he did not get those hooks deep enough, because at that exact moment, Jigsaw gives him the free double mastectomy, the hooks, like, pull out of his chest, like, ripping his, like, titties off in the process, um, Jigsaw said trans rights, and then, uh, the timer ticks down to zero, and his wife gets encased in a brass bowl, but it's a, it's a brass pig, uh-huh. like, the, the sides of it, like, close around her in a really funny way, and then, like, it gets lit on fire, and we just see her melting inside, and that's the end of Bobby's... That scene of Bobby's storyline, I don't think we, I don't think, uh, we picked up, uh, with him later, he, he mm-hmm. lost the game, his wife was cucked inside of Jigsaw's bronze bull pig... Uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's more loaded imagery with that. And mm. I guess, so, I, I guess that's, uh, that's the end of that, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the cops burst into the, into Hoffman's, which what is supposed to be Hoffman's workshop. And they find the, um, the guy who got his mouth and arms ripped off earlier in, in a chair, like sitting in the fucking, like the pit, the, the jigsaw cloak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we find out Hoffman's been watching them this whole time, which is how he was like doing those remote explosions at the car at the junkyard. It's and an okay knew twist. Everything. Like it's not a great twist, but it's an all right twist. The Hello Zep, cl- the Hello Zep kicks in here, and it's like it's, it's like fine. a twist, because but it's not the twist, right? The fucking the, the 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 machine gun from the last episode of Breaking Bad comes up and just it's like blasts so all the funny. cops in the room. Like they really just did not give a shit with the violence in this movie. Like it's just like TF2 engineer popping up and like doing a Scarface on all these cops. <laughs> Right. see now you know like on jigsaw tweets when it's like no hoffman a drive-by is is not a trap like it literally is just his personality in these movies god. oh my god yeah totally though um uh and then uh god this movie resolves in the, in the craziest way yeah did we took did um, we t- so so what happens next is hoffman's hoffman's mass homicide at the police yeah hoffman goes like, sicko he, he's one of the bodies that, He's one of the bodies that he was. In, he's one. He's in one of the body bags that got wheeled in from the, from the the Nazi murder scene. Yes. Which kind of I guess makes me question the timeline of this because I don't know how he was like remotely blowing up the cars at that site and recording Ooh. those threatening videos if he was in a body bag down there. But I digress. This movie's timeline does not need to make any yeah, sense. Yeah, I'm not saw. touching this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. And all the cops get trapped in the in the murder house. That's our um. Well, all the cops on the scene at the murder house that did not get machine gunned down are getting are now trapped, like locked in, and gas is filling the building. Yes. And Hoffman's like on a fucking sl- on a fucking slasher spree through the cop. Like Hoffman is just doing full. Michael he really Myers is. Shit at this yeah, time. he really is. You put a mask on him, it would be indistinguishable. He has that really like right. and bulky, like, and like Jill t- that bulky, Jill- unrefined physicality that Michael Myers does in some right. of the later installments. Aside from that, too, like, I'm really getting, like, a Laurie Strode vibe from Jill totally. Tuck, who's, like, she's, like, aware of the monster that is coming to kill her, and is, is not, uh, he, God, 
Hoffman, Jill is, Jill is in the safe house, which gets, it's not safe because Hoffman killed the, uh, the, the woman who was doing the vid, who was their video, t- their, their Abby from NCIS. Sure. Mm-hmm. And she, and he holds her up to the, to the, to the peephole and they're like, oh, it's, it's Abby from NCIS. I guess we'll let her in. Mm-hmm. But just kidding. It's, it's Hoffman. He's killing every single one of the cops and Jill stabs him. We cut away to the finish, the, the, the Bobby stuff. So, well, I'm just going to cut that from my notes real quick. Right. Um, my, my next note says Hoffman beating the tar out of Hoffman. I imagine that's supposed to be Hoffman beating the shit out of Jill. Yeah, there's, there's the part where Hoffman gets kind of misogynist about it and beats Jill up and he like gets up close to her and, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I don't remember how that scene resolves. I think she stabs him or something. Um, yeah. Yeah, she she stabs him and and runs away, I think. And um what comes after this? Oh no, no, no. No, he gets the he he uh he gets one over on her because he puts the reverse bear oh, trap. Oh yeah, that's right. He yeah, puts, he, yes, puts he finally gets trap Yeah, we finally face. for the first time in the franchise see a reverse bear trap go off. He um has yeah. her tied up in Jigsaw's uh Jigsaw's workshop. And he walks over as like the cool music plays, and he looks at the Ba-na-na, yeah he looks at the table, and there's like the reverse bear trap 2.0 that she put on him. But he kind of like picks up the original one and like shakes his head, and it's like oh that's a good moment for all you sawheads out there. And uh, so he puts it on her, and we get a montage, like literally like a montage of him setting it up and tightening the bolts and all that, which I thought was really yep. interesting. And her, her face explodes in jaw in, in jaw dropping three D as her as the bits and bu- as the bits and bobs of her it's face. So fly funny! At the it looks like one of the monsters in Beetlejuice. <laughs> ah, yeah. Ah, totally. And um. And then, uh, but then uh, Hoffman explodes the fa- the the factory that uh, he the, his workshop. Um, no, he explodes the police station. I think it is I, whatever. It is. I know wherever for a fact he, he explodes he took... the workshop, and that's like the last thing. That's, okay, that's the last that's thing he does of, yes. because you see Billy on like the work table, and then he walks out and it blows up. Yep, he walks out, explodes the workshop, and then he gets jumped by a gang of pig masks, one of them being Dr. Gordon. Yes. And there's a flashback there's a flashback now with the Hello Zap kicking in, and we find out a flashback spawning seven fucking it's, movies about how, how Dr. Gordon so has been the true good. jigsaw apprentice this it's whole time. So we good. see like, We see like every time if you've ever questioned how does Jigsaw have this surgical ability? His hands are so feeble. Like, you know, when he's when the guy's eyes are stitched shut in the mausoleum trap or like I, I don't know. Putting like, the keys behind people's eyeballs. Right. Any surgical alterations that the victims needed. This was all done by Dr. Gordon. And uh, then Hoffman gets put in the evil bathroom from Saw 1. Dr. Gordon uh, picks up the hacksaw and says, no, I don't think you're going to get this. And throws it directly at the yes. camera away from Hoffman. The 3D gimmick Dr. here Gordon is fantastic. Should... It's like the CGI saw coming at the screen. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Dr. Gordon shuts the door game and says, over. game over. And that's the end of the fucking oh, movie. Oh, it's so good. Like, they really make you wait for it. But I love them retconning him into those previous movies. And I love that it rules. It really he is rules. just, like, evil British now. Uh, do you think mm-hmm. Do you think him and John were boyfriends? Do you think that's what the deal was? Do you think Do you mm. think John and Dr. Gordon never explored <laughs> each other carnally? Yeah. yeah, pretty much. No. No, I do think Dr. Gordon was gay because that... That the, man the, is listen, absolutely the, a homosexual. Look at how he dresses like, listen, in this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. I do not think he was sucking and fucking with John, no, with John Cranley, I don't though. think so. I'm wondering if that's like a ship in the community or something like that. 
I know the big one, yeah, one of the big Kramer. ones is Hoffman and Strom. That's like uh, yeah. just like a horrifying couple, but it's it's God bless, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, no, no. John Kramer is like debilitatingly heterosexual. For oh sure. yeah, right. Because he got horny over his guy. wife during his brain surgery. <laughs> yeah, he's exactly. a wife guy. Yeah, <laughs> he is a wife guy. He's a he's the wifest guy. They s- remember how at the remember how in Saw three the only things we knew about Jill Tuck is that she existed. Like we didn't even know her name, just that Jigsaw had a wife. Yeah, totally. Jigsaw's ex wife. Yeah. God, what a what a Ooh, what I a way what a way to end your franchise. And I mean, I guess you do no, you I do know. kind of pick up with it with Jigsaw, but Jigsaw really doesn't address anything that the end of this movie sets up. Um, like, not to spoil it, but there's no continuation of the Gordon versus Hoffman plotline. I I think they just mm. had to give up, right? They were like, okay, this is too much to work with, or like or like <laughs> people won't care about this. But if they had just made yeah. A Saw Eight with this exact plot setup, it would have been like maybe the best movie of this whole franchise. Oh my god! Yeah, we can. So, I mean, we so, can only dream, right? Uh, on a scale of, uh, on a scale of zero to five, uh, free jigsaw provided mastectomies. How many jigsaw provided mastectomies are you going to give this movie? <laughs> oh man, uh, for myself, I guess. Well, for myself, I will say. Um, God, this movie is is a blast. It's such it's a pretty fun, fun fucking rock. Yeah. Um, it is. It is. Uh, it would be the Saw movie I would probably turn on, like as like, oh, we're gonna be talking over this, but we also want to scream at it, sort of like background noise. Oh, totally. Movie. Yeah. Um, as I would give this one a solidly like a four out of five. Just wow. Okay. Hell yeah. For its like honestly like just like how much did I enjoy watching this movie? Because, a lot. Like, it's, I feel like it's, it's a good group movie. And when we're talking about Saw, it's like unfair. I feel like to call, to say, you know, well, it's a shitty movie. Like because, yeah, you right. Because it's Saw. Yeah, you don't show up to Mc, for, to McDonald's for uh, a five star meal. Yeah, you know. Right. You want to make chicken? Um, God, I, I do. I have been. I I have been on a no more fast food till the end of the year because I was really like I ate nothing but fast food for like finals yeah. week. Sure. So I'm trying to just like not eat any of that, and I fuck. God, I fucking want to make chicken. It's hard. Yeah. I I mean, it's the one thing that I wish there was a vegetarian version of at uh mcdonald's because i the mcchicken was the go-to for me for the longest time God, the, the fucking hot and spicy mcchicken it's what mcdonald's does not know how to make good spicy nuggets but they do know how to make a good spicy mcchicken <laughs> in any case um uh yeah so that's where i'm i'm, I'm that's where i'm uh, uh this is it. like i i gotta i gotta try to remember what i rated saw six because like this is not saw yeah six saw, levels, saw is like... six is still the best one for me i gave saw six yeah. a three and a half and i think that's a very strong three and a half. And I think similarly, I would give this one like uh, a 2.5 probably. Sure. But yeah, that's, that's a, a strong I'm, 2. I'm point. Maybe that, a tw- it's a strong 2.5 because this is not a good movie by any means of like traditional filmmaking, I would say. But it's it's sure. entertaining and it, it achieves what it sets out to do, which is entertain you with this bullshit, right? Exactly. It's yeah. the it's yeah. the seventh episode of the Saw TV series, and even though it's not as strong as some of the other ones, the overall effect you get watching it, having seen the rest of the franchise, is really fun. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. 
Um, we only have one quote-unquote question this week, and it is from friend of the pod, Sofficiasado. Uh, is that anything? Sofficionado. Mm. Sofficionado. Yeah, uh, Nathan. Uh, uh, I won't drop their Twitter because it's. I won't drop his Twitter because it's. It's a locked account. But um, he has sent in a tweet that um, I think we will. We should just read. Okay. Sure. Um, and uh, I'm gonna, Morgan. I'm gonna DM this one to you real quick. You can decide which part you want. Okay. Let me check this out. Um. Uh. Ooh. I don't know. These are. I really want to. <laughs> I really want to hear your jigsaw voice. Okay, say okay, this. I'll I'll go ahead and say this. So this is this is yeah, I got the I got the Hoffman. This end. is one of my all time favorite tweets from the Jigsaw Quotes account. So I'm glad it came up because I didn't do the voice enough in this episode. Okay, <clears throat> Hoffman, I appreciate your enthusiasm for the mission, but I don't have much use for a weaponized rail car that, as you so elegantly put it, quote, hits the broad so hard she explodes. Well, yeah, you gotta tie her down so she can't get away. <laughs> I think about hit the broad so hard she explodes all the fucking time. It's so funny. It's so he is such a guy funny. who would say broad. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Oh my god, yeah. Hoffman is a type of guy. He he Hoffman is Hoffman. like the ultimate horror film guy. I don't think there's any other male character in a horror franchise. I enjoy seeing as much as Hoffman, short of like Bruce Campbell in the Evil Dead movies. For sure, yeah, totally. totally. He he is he is um, such a delight. Yes. What do we got? What do we got for recommendations, y'all? Um. Uh. I can go first if we need time. Please go ahead. Um. Uh, my my recommendation this week is going to be an album that I've recommended at least once on here, probably twice. It's Baths's Romoplasm, his 2017 mm. album. Um. I think if you asked me. I think I would call Obsidian the best the best album he's put out, but like, uh, yeah, I've just Romo been in Plasm such a Romo. I've ju- I've just been listening to so much Romoplasm lately. Like everything about it from top to bottom is like, like just, oh, truly, this the, just the sound of everything. The vocal, like, oh yeah, my god, I'm just that's getting just great. the fucking lyrics. Oh, I was really into Will Weisenfeld. I was really into Baths around Will... the time um, Obsidian came out. I fucking loved his stuff. Mm-hmm. Will Weisenfeld mm-hmm. truly one of the one of the one of the greatest. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, no, Blair, what you got? Uh, so for myself, something non-media. Um, t- it's it's the holiday season, so uh, uh. Whoop de doo and Hickory Dock and uh Don't forget to and, hang up the clock. Yeah, exactly. Um uh get into eggnog, y'all. Like, I don't know. I'd love a seasonal drink. Um I've been uh I, I didn't get into eggnog before I stopped drinking dairy, so I've only ever had the non dairy shit and it's great. Like I love it. It's such a nice treat. It's it's so fun that it's like the cold, rich beverage for the holidays. Sure um it's it's made out of it's insane absolute it's absolute insane making it because i believe it is mostly raw egg and cream yeah. um yeah uh it's it's an insane beverage uh and i think everyone should really indulge in it this this uh this holiday season hell yeah hell yeah morgan do you have a recommendation for yeah us? i'm going to recommend the 1998 body horror film disembodied 
This mm. this is um, a film that I don't think a lot of people have really heard of. I mean, I hadn't heard of it until very recently. It only has 96 reviews on Letterboxd, uh, if that's any sort of indication. It is sure, it is sure. a direct-to-video amateur horror film. It is a it is about a disaffected goth girl who has a growth on her cheek that she shoots digestive fluid out of because she has to eat people to sustain the parasite which has replaced her brain and her skull. And the film is called Disembodied because her living brain is kept attached to a machine in a jar on her bedside table. Uh, it is it is one of the most uh, visually creative and inventive horror movies I've seen in a long time. The only way I could really think to describe it is like a David Cronenberg script filmed inside of an Oingo Boingo music video. Oh, yeah, no, I'm getting the vibe. It has a very distinct, almost expressionist style of um, deliberately artificial set design and such. And the content of it is about this, you know, this woman and her disappeared, her disembodied brain and her like digesting people and uh, popping out these weird brain pods and also kind of having a lesbian relationship with her roommate. And it's it's just very genuine and enthusiastic and like very well realized and ambitious, but also has a lot of quirks that you could only get from someone who's clearly an amateur filmmaker. But Mm -hmm. I think this is like the only thing these people made, which is a shame because it's it's so good. It's so good. I think um, it is currently streaming on America's (laughs) America's Sweetheart Tubi the uh, ah, free yes. streaming service so you know i illegally should not recommend just going on tubi with an ad blocker but um you know that would be one way to watch the 1998 film disembodied in an accessible manner for sure for sure no that's wow that sounds like a time it's really sure. good um yeah yeah well morgan um as always it has been a fucking delight having yeah you thanks on. for thanks um, for having me on every couple weeks to drop a uh, you know two hour <laughs> and ten minute episode in the people's feeds it's always a treat look it's 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 not for them it's for us sure <laughs> most of all it's for john thank you thank you mr kramer we love your movies well morgan though um do you have anything you would like to plug for us Ooh, yeah i am um, i have my twitter which i rarely use it's at curse goat um i do emoji podcasting with sylvie on emoji drome it is kind of on hiatus at the moment because sylvie is uh, experiencing a lot of laptop troubles at the moment but we're mm-hmm. probably going to mm-hmm. get back to that pretty soon uh i have my writing which you can find linked through my twitter but it's a lot of it is on hyperrealfilm.club where I have a few articles coming out. I have a more extensive breakdown of my terror at the Matrix 40X experience that's supposed to come out sometime (laughs) soon. And I have a top 10 list, which unfortunately I submitted before I saw the new Matrix because that would definitely be on there. But Mm. uh, other than that, it's just some cool movies I watched this year. Um, I think that's it. My letterbox, I think, is at SewerPeak, P-E-A-K. So if y'all have anything to promo, go ahead and play us out. Sure, sure. Well, uh, you can find me uh, basically just on Twitter, at Blair Kitsch, um, posting and talking and chatting 
Um, so see me do those things uh, there as well as here. Um, <laughs> Sarah, why don't you round it off with uh, all of your, your generous list of plugs? Yeah, uh, I, in the interim, because I wasn't busy enough before, I decided to start a new fucking podcast. Um, it's called Forward Forward ReZero. It's a ReZero uh, rewatch podcast that I do with my girlfriend, Neve and friend of the show, Morg. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just watching the anime ReZero, which I have a deep fondness for, as discussed multiple times on this podcast. Not this episode, but, you know, this this podcast overall. Um Noisepace.xyz for that. You might have a bit of it's. You might have a bit of a hard time finding that one on uh, podcasters because we kind of named it in the most nightmarish way possible for searching because yeah. it was we we titled it FWD colon FWD colon RE colon. It's a good. It's a yeah. good bit. The album art is also really good. <laughs> Thank you. I love the the album art came out so good. Um, I the uh yeah you can find us on where if you want to like. We have, like, the RSS feed on our Twitter or, or something. You can find it, you know, at F-W-D-F-W-D-R-E-Z-E-R-O. Um, the other podcast I do is Special Grade Snacks. Um, movies coming out, uh, like, in two days as of time as the time of recording. The Jujutsu Kaisen movie is coming out soon. Um, so, depending on when we get a camera or, a, you know, a very legal upload of that, because yes. as far as I know, there's no plans to release it in the United States currently. Mm. Um, so, depending on all that, you will get a new episode of that. Um, the Wonder Yerks Animorphs podcast that I do with Blair and Franceda. Uh, I think that's everything. Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die. You can, but like that, that hasn't updated in like four months, five months. It's, 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 it's foggy. You know, things are, things have been, we've been busy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Sunhagenia, S-U-N-H-E-T-Z-H-E-N-Y-A. Our music is typically provided by, say, the aforementioned Seda, who makes music as people you meet outside of bars. Go to gaygothvibes.online for more of their stuff. But this this episode will have had a very special theme song done by a uh, friend of the pod, uh, Maxie Satan, at Max Knightley, spelled like K-N-I-G-H-T-L-E-Y on oh, Twitter, yeah. or pastelhandgrenade.bandcamp.com. Uh, I do want to promo, I was on their um, video game movie podcast recently. We talked about the first Ooh. Resident Evil film. Oh, uh, I think I, I think it's um, Video Game, the movie, the podcast, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, uh, uh, that's everything that, so until that, next time that's I'm fabulous. Sarah I have been Blair I'm Morgan and remember you can put a fucked up gay little puppet anywhere Good night, gay everyone Billy. gay Billy gay Billy <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness okay To record, mm. you have to record your next Saw-themed episode of your horror podcast in under one hour. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're dead, dude. Just fucking, just fucking blow it. <laughs> just pull the trigger, man. <laughs>